We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, one day away from the 2020 NFL Draft. Today we're going to be talking about our favorite draft props, plus a whole bunch more, starting with the Rob Gronkowski. Two! The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, or the Gronkineers, whatever we're calling it now. Anyway, Gronk's back, presumably, for the moment, uh, and beefing up the offense in Tampa. If you out there want to get into a draw for 20 DK bucks, here's what you do. You smash the like button for the episode. You leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section. You tell me your single favorite draft prop up at DKSportsbook.com right now. You do that. You're in a draw for 20 DraftKings dollars. You want to get into a draw for 100 DraftKings dollars. You rate five stars for the Pat Mayo experience after you subscribe in the review section, that is. Leave your DraftKings handle something you enjoy about the show, and you're in a draw for 100 DraftKings dollars. The winners from last week of 100 DraftKings dollars, the Frog Hammer, $20 winners, Crown Taker, Jane Muir, MD The Dream, and Jason SB should all be credited at this time. Congratulations on your win. We're going to announce the winners again next week, so keep getting in those draws. Joining me on the line from his home, Jeff Feinberg, now with a brand new mic. You sound a lot closer than you did before. Happy to be here, Pat. That's pretty good. Are you excited? I mean, we had the Chargers reveal. We probably have to talk about that too, don't we? Honestly, I'm so past that now. The the draft, um, that was like just a tease for the draft. But um, I don't know, man. The draft is here. The anticipation can't be worse than the result. Uh, that's sort of how I feel to steal from these, uh, you know, medical experts saying the uh, what the cure can't be worse than the disease, or maybe I got that wrong. I don't know, man. It's got to get here. It's I, I, it's too much. It's too much. I'm a loser. Yeah, I mean, considering that you pumped this up in your mind and were, like, stressing out about it for, I don't know, a month, now you don't care anymore. 
I, I guess that means it turned out to be pretty good. Are we talking about the jerseys or the, uh, the the draft? The jerseys. You were freaking out. Well, yeah, I was excited. I was excited. I really am. But but we are on. How do I put this? I don't want, um, in five years, seven years, eight years, to be like you know when they're getting new jerseys, you know, in the cycle to be like, oh, remember that week we kind of like really overhyped the jerseys and then we just kind of released them and yeah, they were nice jerseys. I want it to be. The week that I remember forever, Patrick. All right, we'll get to that. Let's bring in the third member of the team. Maybe he has some thoughts about these new Chargers jerseys. He definitely has thoughts about the all-black Jets jerseys, which look like a defunct XFL jersey. It is Tim Andacust. Tim Andacust. That's uh, not my name. No, I heard it was. How do you feel about these jerseys? Uh, conflicted. I think the regular road and home jerseys and the yellow pants and the white pants looks fantastic. I think the numbers on the helmets look fantastic. I think both the alternate and color rush are God awful and they should be embarrassed of them, but the regular jerseys look great. So B plus a minus. Jeff, that's a fair analysis, but I also acknowledged him like despises probably 99% of like any alternate jersey. Yes. Um so like he hates any concept of that to begin with. Um so the best you can get from Tim is him respecting your standard home in a way and yeah, okay. I was really excited for it. They make nice jerseys. I knew they weren't going to be ugly. Uh had a $100 NFL gift shop card. I've uh, been saving it for a bit. Obviously wasn't going to use it when they were getting new jerseys. And the jersey I want's already sold out. I probably won't even be able to get it till September. Big deal. Who cares? Uh, but you guys know I really wanted the white on white of the the uh, of the powder blue, the white on white version of it. They gave me that numbers on the helmets. Uh, essential to Charger fans. Sunshine gold pants with the powder blue tops. Uh, so they hit on all the essentials, and they really, I guess, decided at some point that they're going to make the entire lineage of Charger jerseys. Uh, in one drop because the color rush power blue not to be mistaken for powder but power oh blue god that's like what it's called royal, oh my the god <laughs> the royal blue ones are, are the dan fouts era jersey so that's an homage to that and of the color rush jerseys that had been rolled out in the past couple of years the chargers had gotten really high marks for that um that power blue look and somewhere along the line, even though they took Navy entirely out of the new color scheme and logo template and uh, scripting for the words Los Angeles Chargers, they've updated that and they've updated with a sleeker new bolt. They kind of put it out there. Yeah, we're done with Navy. We're done with Navy. And here they are dropping this like all Navy set. So I don't know. It is what it is. I, I, I'd say there's one jersey too much in there. But if you guys listened to me or followed me on Twitter, they really did hit on a couple, like two or three things that were like essential to happening uh, here. Um, so that's cool. And they got rid of like the uh, UCLA type version of the sleeve. They just put the bolt in. They took away like the block in which the bolt resides in. I and agree. I like, I like that a lot uh, also. And I, yeah. And maybe they only made eight of them, but they're hard to get. They're they're sold out. <laughs> so jump on the bandwagon, baby. 
and let's make you want to jump on more tomorrow night. Wow. Well, yeah, they're gonna win. They're gonna win like three games. So whatever. Let's go. We're not on a different channel right now. You want to bet me? Because I'm done with this. I'm done with your talk. <laughs> like I'm gonna dry heave tomorrow. <laughs> I am too. I'm very nervous. Not as nervous you as you are. Nothing to be nervous about. We Pat's have to sit there and laugh. You, Tim. Let me ask you. Like, take me into your mind the day before that draft. Like, oh yeah, everything was up lo- in the air. You should be a lot more nervous than I am, and I'm sure you are because your whole franchise hinges on a potential decision y'all make tomorrow. For us, well, what it's does not that mean? What, what like, do you, if you draft what do you a quarterback or not? If you don't draft a quarterback, well, then you've punted your decision down the road. No, we could have punted it to two weeks down the road and signed Cam Newton. Maybe. Like, so- I don't think I, I don't think so. Uh, I, I think if they don't take a tackle, then you're just – or whatever, then you're stuck with uh, Tyrod for the season, and then you'll make your big decision. Well, we're we're next- stuck with Tyrod for the season regardless. Not necessarily. If the young rookie – You know what? Is- I'm, I'm sorry I asked you about a couple of years ago because you guys were so far up the board. You were getting a quarterback – Yes. Uh, who went second overall after Baker? Sorry for going off track here, but who did go second that year? My goodness, my brain is not remembering. Who in that Paul, in who? the in the 2017 NFL draft, yeah, did the... Bosa go second that year. No, no, Bosa went third after Wentz, a uh, Goff and Wentz. No, no, uh, San Francisco Bosa. That was was that last year. That was last that was year. Last year. Hold on, I'll the 49ers take someone. No, no, no. That was the year that Saquon went second. Oh Correct. yeah, what a shit pick. Yes, 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 Sorry. yes. I don't like the pick. Um, yeah. Okay, I guess you could have thought the Giants were going QB. Yeah, I'm sorry I asked. Anyway, I'm really nervous. Uh, you should be. Um, but I'm done with your three games. Tyrod's a starter next year. You want three games? I'll, I'll give you four. Let's like bet whatever you want. Not yet. No. What are you waiting for? You keep kicking well, actually, that ball a ton, down the road. Right, To be fair, there's actually a ton of balls in the air right now. What would change? Like if they know, draft... If, if they play all their home games in Arizona on a soccer field versus against real fans, like that would make a big difference to me. So so this is this is your new excuse to not to make outrageous claims then not back it up with any sort of financial incentive? I, I just think there's too many balls in the okay, air fine. right now. Jeez, uh, I, I don't even want to tell you what the real line is because people don't mind the team. They're I would say, oh, I know the real line's like seven and a hook. I'm sorry we got off track, but but but, but I I heard you. I heard your interview last week on Hustler, and you come <laughs> I knew today. you were going to. I knew you were going to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what these arrows are. This is a very fine roster. I, like it's not great, but like three wins. The I'm offense sorry. doesn't I'm have sorry. any game breaker. Other, uh, really, other than Allen, I don't think there's a game breaker on that offense. I'm sorry. The distinction between the, right now the Chargers offense and the Titans offense is pretty minuscule to me. There's just Whatever. not, not game breaker. On the defensive side, you have game breakers. On the offensive side, you just don't. I appreciate that you guys have hijacked my show for this, for more Chargers radio to kick it off. This is exa- I, this I, was I, always I going to happen. Shut up! I do feel that it's kind of odd that Jeff, he's saying that the chargers are going to win 10 games. And if the jets draft Jerry Judy, they're going to win at least 12. So the jet, yeah, you said the jets, uh, Judy's a game changer. So what you need to do is bet him that the jets, uh, I mean, he's set the odds. He's given his predictions. The jets will win four times as many games as the Los Angeles chargers. That should be your bet. 
Will that no, happen? I'm not going to make that bet. And I, I've also promised myself if the Jets draft Judy tomorrow night, I have to stay away from my phone. <laughs> that's not going to happen. That- you mean by you're going to stay away from your phone instead of taking laps of credit? What are you because talking about? Because I know what will happen if they take him. I will get so excited and start saying things that I will regret having Montana said. Montana Rice. This you is already exa- said this it. Exactly you already it. said it. I, I'm allowed to think it to myself and say it out loud. But if I commit that to, to the Twitters, it'll come back to bite me in the rear end. I you think. already called the Montana to Rice last Yeah, but that week, wasn't a tweet time. and that can't be retweeted by people at me. Yeah, but now you've just said it on the show. We can just cut it out and tweet it no, out. I didn't actually. I didn't actually say it. And oh, did did on, on Jeff did did he actually say it? He one hundred percent said it. It was caveated to death. Anyway, my point is, if they take Judy, I have to stay away from my phone because I know how hyped I will get, and it will just. Uh, I I have to. Con- Sorry. This is when I make bad bets. Is when I get excited. Like no, that. no. I. What are you excited about? I have to apologize, but I got really angry because you say an insulting number like three, and then don't even like have any stomach to want to back it up like on any real matter. So I got worked up, and I I apologize for that. But you're 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 that's chicken shit. Jets versus <laughs> Chargers. Book that. Book that. Ticket, yeah, just book boys. that bet. Like, Jets that's v- what you Chargers. guys do here. I don't want to pick on the Jets. Why? They're not no. good. I don't want to listen. I was going to come. You're talking about other things about the draft. There's a Sam Darnold like touchdown prop bet that I listen. I don't care to. I don't. They might not play 16 games. I don't really care to have money tied up in something like that. I wouldn't bet enough to win money on it. But I think it's a laughable number. Yeah. Like they're, they're, I am pro New York Jets. I, I've never hid hid that. And he doesn't have to be pro Chargers. I'm not saying that's part of the relationship. I've already but, been pro Chargers. I'm not, and you I'm not looking. Me. My point is, I'm not looking to pick on the Jets in order to for him to put his money where his mouth is on the Chargers. Well, I can't that's, win when I when I praise the Chargers, I get excoriated by you. Then when I say bad things about the Chargers, I get you're excoriated. right. I'm an idiot. I should love this. I should be sn- I, three wins. Why don't you make it one? I, you're right. You're right. You're right. So I'm going to apologize to Pat for the fifth time, and I'm going to shut up now. All right. So 12 minutes into the show. I hope people hit the time codes for all this stuff where you can navigate through the show if you'd like to. Uh, can we can we talk about Gronk going to the Bucks? Is that is that something we can talk about? Sure. This is going to, I'm sure, going to result in animated opinions, too, because Jeff and I have very strong opposing views on this. Well, you have picked Tampa to win the Super Bowl at this point. We don't even know if Gronk's like going to play for the Bucs. He's just been traded to the Bucs. And been assigned a number. He's going to play. He's passed the physical. Sure. Why wouldn't he play? Unless he gets injured in camp or something, he's going to play. He's still WWE 24-7 champion, bro. He's definitely going to play. What's the deal? He told Arians he's got to take one fake chair shot and put someone over with the pin, and that's over with? Do you think that the reason that Gronk is coming back is a direct result of the cruise line companies being shut down, that he can't do Gronk party <laughs> cruises anymore? <laughs> I had, my I had le- occurred to me. Me and my buddies a couple years ago legitimately looked into doing that for a bachelor party. But in the end, like, cruises are so, nah. Um, that Sorry, that cruise seems so, like, just... Uh, Grimy? Yeah, I, I guess. They well, just didn't want to... Let's, let's kind of be real here. Cruises in general are all kind of grimy. 
Yeah, but you can get on good ones. You can have a good time. You're with the right people. Like, you know. Yeah, but that, that what you just said is no different than going anywhere or doing anything. You're right. You're right. You're yeah, right. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a cruise person either. Never was, never I don't I don't think I'd ever imagine myself on a cruise. I have fond memories of of uh cruising, but uh with like on fam a family trip. But they yeah, I don't know. They're in trouble now, so they'll be cheap. So what 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 do you expect from Gronk coming back? Like I saw some of like early over unders on his touchdown, and I'm kinda like Jeff that if I don't know that the season is going to be sixteen games and it's kinda tough to bet some of these futures. But I think the over under was five and a half for total touchdowns. I would take the over on that. That seems like a pretty sensible bet if he's actually gonna play. Yeah, I would be quite surprised if it didn't reach that number. I don't I think it's fine. I think you're right. That is an over. I just think this is at best like a sideways move for Tampa and they gave up a fourth round pick. I don't, I don't really get it. I, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily a sideways move. Clearly there's something with OJ Howard where they don't like him. And although he's bright, okay. uh, he might not be the best either. There's, Having Gronk back, even if it's just to appease Brady, you get the guy who leads the decade in touchdowns, even though he didn't play last year. So, and look, consider the fact that Tampa's gonna Brady's gonna have little to no time to acclimatize himself with his receivers, given the situation that we're in right now. Does that is not a concern with Gronkowski? Those two can play with their eyes closed. So hitting like the field with hitting the field with at least one person who he knows in a big spot where to throw the ball, he knows where he'll be, he doesn't need to figure out the timing with, I think is worth a fourth-round pick when you are the Buccaneers and you're in win-now win mode. You ain't I, will, I will say that is very true. And I don't care if you're Tom Brady but or who else. It does feel like the teams with new quarterbacks uh, are big gulping uh, at the moment that got to play this year because it's, it's hard on, on, on everybody. It just is. So I agree. You bring a guy like that in, um, which is, you know, it's like a step above of like uh, being Chris Terreri. I mean, Gronk's a Hall of Famer, but I say Chris that as in like, I mean, like, Brodeur, <laughs> like you're making Marty Brodeur happy. He's going to play 80, 80 games. He can pick who his backup goalie is. <laughs> like he can just have his friend there. Um, Gronk's going to play. And maybe because they have other tight ends on the roster, he doesn't need to do the blocking and he can line up outside and he can almost be this like hybrid receiver tight end to the extreme. And he says he's in better, feels good. He's in more better physical shape than he was when he was playing, even though he looks like a guy who's kind of been sickly. Um, You know, he's such a shadow of his normal physical self. I hope for Tampa's sake, there's another domino that can drop here. A big rumor is getting Trent Williams as part of an OJ Howard trade. I just don't I mean, see I, I, I it's you can look at it one of two ways with this. Like I kind of like the deal for both ends of this. Like the Patriots just got a fourth round pick for a guy who wasn't playing for them and wasn't going to play for them. So why not? Um, and then with Tampa, I mean, you give up the fourth round pick. If you hit a, on a fourth round pick and that turns out to be a good player, well, then you've kind of screwed yourself because you have someone under contract for a while who's cheap. But the odds of hitting on someone who is really good that's going to be a four-year starter for you in the fourth round is incredibly low. You'd rather have Gronk for the year if you do think this is a win-now mode. If you're the 
skins, I think there's just still too much interest in Trent Williams from around the league that if you didn't make any deals last year or there was rumors that the Browns were going to be giving up a first-round pick to get Trent Williams and they were going to sign him, that you're going to concede to swap picks with Tampa and get O.J. Howard? Like, that, that seems strange. Oh, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what the trade would be. Uh, maybe it would be future picks. I also think if you're Tampa, you should have consummated this trade like next Monday. Uh, Tampa should have that fourth round pick um, in their bag. Tampa should be all hands on deck. There's rumors they want to move up the draft board. I just don't know. There's nothing for sure, in my opinion, with Gronk. Like, to me, there's no saying he'll for surely make them better. I don't know how much he'll even be able to play as much as it sounds good. Um, I don't want to pick on Gronk's back. So that's awesome. I love football. Gronk's back. Uh, he's not in a suit and tie. He's playing. I'm a football fan. I'm a millennial. I'm into Gronk. Ugh. Gronk's super cool. So he's back. It's a positive for me. I think the Patriots made a fantastic trade 50 okay. hours before the draft. So I guess the question is, because now there's also still rumors that the Patriots might trade for O.J. Howard. If, if that was the case, why, why not just swap them? Because obviously they value a fourth-round pick more than O.J. Howard. And who could blame Okay, here, there's a couple things at play here. Um, for starters, Gronk could have held the Patriots into a really bad position. Uh, just by walking in the front door, they would owe him nine or $10 million and they don't have the cap room and they would have to do some really weird things with their roster that they didn't want to do. So Gronk could have kind of been like, appease me. Um, you you got appease me or I'm going to really screw you over. I don't think he really, we're pretty clear. He has no intentions or wasn't going to play for the Patriots again. The other part about this is the highly reported at the time and continues to be reported confirmed trade that shows how dumb the Lions are that they were going to give a first and swap seconds with the uh, Patriots to get Gronk. I believe they ended up using that, that top 10 pick on TJ Hawkinson. You could debate that for all you want, but that's what they were going to give up. And if you're the Patriots, you got to be like Gronk. You retired and we were getting a first round pick. Like, we're not just trading you. And they probably told that to the Bucks and being like, this guy walked out the door when we were getting a top 10 pick for him because he forbid to play. So if you want him, you got to give me something I can work with. And clearly like a top 120 pick and what people call a stack draft was enough to make it like just happen. Um, so I think the Patriots might have even thrown that in Tampa's face. Like we're well, just not giving him away because of what he wouldn't let us get when he walked away. Well, there's one thing with this offense now. If you have Godwin and Evans on the outside, and then you move Gronk in as either like a hybrid slot tight end, and then keep OJ Howard. I think keeping OJ Howard with this, whether they do it or not, is going to be somewhat vital because Gronk's two biggest assets are going. I mean, I guess three is what Tim pointed out of the familiarity with Tom Brady and just allowing that offense to get on the same page quickly and then he can figure out the Evans and Godwin part a little bit later on if you know there's no OTAs or anything like that at least you have your guy but Gronk's red zone presence is going to be huge we all know that but his blocking like he might be the best blocking tight end of all time like and if they have a bad offensive line and they can't upgrade that substantially like he's probably gonna have to block and that would be my biggest concern with him coming back because he's down like 15 or 20 pounds i mean you say he looks sickly he looks fine <laughs> to me but... i would love to see him used as an h-back like a queen on the chessboard like that would be the right now that would be the perfect thing to do with him to line him up in the backfield where he can block 
uh, have him as someone come out of the backfield to catch passes, someone who can in motion come out and split out or play in the slot. Uh, Arians is so creative that I very much doubt he's going to use Gronk, who right now looks like a tweener. He does. He is too slender to play the position of tight end uh, at the moment. So but, but, my but question, you're, but, you're, but you're also thinking that like if the season doesn't start for what six months, that he can't bulk up again. I'm not saying he can't. I'm saying it's going to be hard without OTAs, without regular camp or an abridged type of camp. It's going to be hard for him to sort of hit the ground running with a regular sort of tight end style. He's going to be more slender. So be a little bit more creative and imaginative with how you use him. I, I would be very surprised if he's used as a conventional tight end. I think Arians has designs to sort of use him in unorthodox ways. And we should encourage that. We should be encouraging players to play fewer, uh, you know, hard and fast positions and be a little bit more fluid. I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with that, but something like Gronk, where he is injury prone to begin with, like the whole goal with this would be to keep him healthy for as long as possible. If you start putting him in H back and like running out to the flats, people are just going to chop his fucking knees out. I mean, if he can't sustain the hits, then you don't have him at all, right? Like you can't treat him like he's porcelain either. He's got to either be a player or, or not. Well, this is what uh, the, I mean, this is what the Patriots did with him the final two years. They just you, you could even see it in his numbers and the amount of routes run per game. Like if they got up by a bunch, it was like, hey, Gronk, why don't you like sit these ones out? We're going to try to keep you healthy as long as possible, because we know you're like this is a guy who broke his neck in college. Like, yeah, now he's had a year and a half off. So perhaps that's sometimes all you need. I, I, I don't know. Listen, the thing is, we don't know. It's pure speculation at this point. But sometimes guys can come off being away for a year or so and then just be amazing. So we'll see. Uh, hey, right now, Jeff, he's two to one on DK Sportsbook to win comeback player of the year. I'm kind of torn on how this is going to go. Like, like Tim said, we, we don't know. But it would seem to me as a guy who was breaking down anyway, he's in his 30s now. He's a huge bodied guy. Like, it's a lot like NBA centers back in the day where – you're going to have your outliers that can kind of play forever, but eventually they're just statues. And then other guys just break down because their knees go, their feet go. Like Gronk is a huge guy. Maybe being lighter is going to help him. Maybe all the CBD oil that he's been taking is really helping out his joints a little bit. But do you see this going well? I I don't think anything is guaranteed. Like people are saying he's for sure going to be awesome. Like I don't, I don't see that at all. I hope he is. It's Gronk. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, I'm more pessimistic, but I think they gave up a lot. I see fourth rounders as, as valuable. I think they gave up a lot and, um, I don't know, man. Do you think, okay, do you think the, comeback it, player of the year? No, I don't think he's going to be good enough to be that, uh, but I don't know what the competition is there. Okay. So. Would you say it's more likely that Gronk scores double-digit touchdowns this year or loses the 24-7 WWE title on the field somehow, potentially to Tom Brady? Hey, listen, they're in Tampa. Wrestling's an essential service down there right now. But that has to be a sort of a tie-in here. Like, if he wants to get out of, I assume he signed a contract with the WWE, that there must be something to this. Uh, yeah, I guess that might've been an appearance based contract though, more so than like a, uh, permanent, like you only work for us. I think they might owe him appearances. Uh, so this makes him more valuable maybe now. Yeah, potentially. So, those, so, like, so, so he has like the Brock Lesnar deal. Uh, probably very, very similar. It's probably not as in depth as Brock. And I don't think there's nearly as many like dates to actually wrestle as Brock would have. Uh, but yeah, he's got, I think, uh, probably a handful of appearances he, 
he owes uh, Vince. He's got people suing him now. All right. I want to talk about just very quickly tight end rankings for next year for fantasy. Where do you think Gronk fits into this team? Would you rather have Kelsey or Gronk? Kelsey? Uh, certainly well below Kelsey and uh, between Kelsey, Kittle. Like those guys are miles ahead of him. All right. So they're number one and two in the rankings. Would you rather have Gronk or Mark Andrews? Andrews. Andrews? Ertz or Gronk? Ertz. Waller or Gronk? Waller. Hunter Henry or Gronk? Hunter Henry. It's getting close now. I think that's the line for me, too. Like, if you're I think I'd rather have Hunter Henry. If Hunter Henry's going to be healthy, he's due to have a really good year as a safety valve for a quarterback who doesn't like to take chances in Tyrod Taylor. I mean, it's a guy who also doesn't throw the ball a bunch either. Well, there's that, right? If you you can call someone a safety valve, but if the safety valve is just him going running for four yards, then there's not going to be a whole lot of receptions to be had. Yeah, it, I, I, th- I think that really depends on who the quarterback is for the Chargers. Like, I, I'd be worried about all of these offensive weapons if it's Tyrod. Not because Tyrod sucks. Well, just, I, I his think... game his game is going to be completely different. Yeah, I totally agree. I think all of the Charger weapons, even even Austin Eckler, take a hit uh, fantasy value, fantasy value in a Tyrod Taylor-led uh, offense. You didn't lose picks when Phillip was trying to be hyper-aggressive to get that guy yards or touchdowns. You didn't and, lose points for that. And then like uh, the next guys on the list, like after Henry, would be like Evan Ingram. Unless you own Phillip, I mean. Yeah. Eleanor Higby. Austin Hooper. I'd nope. be into Ingram. It'd be I'd tough. Be, I would be into Higby, I think. Well, it depends on whether Everett is like a part of this offense or not. Of course. If he isn't, I would definitely prefer Higby. Didn't we do that on the last show? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, I, I, I like the Rams. So, I mean, I, that's my default is to say nice things about that players on that team. Do you <laughs> love Josh Reynolds this year is what you're saying? Absolutely now. Absolutely. Without Cooks there, yeah, like Reynolds will be on my teams because I'll get him at a pretty d- uh, d- deep discount as to where I think he ought to go. I mean, I mean, if you're going to be tanking again this year in the in our fantasy league, then you need to have Josh Reynolds. I'm not tanking. Reynolds is a marvelous player. I don't know what the heck you're talking about. Marvelous player. Okay. Uh, I think I would go somewhere around like Hunter Henry. Like, if you're going to roll the dice and Gronk is going to play, like, you have to think that he could lead the league in touchdowns. That's why he's coming back. That's what he does best, that – Hunter Henry's not going to lead the league in touchdowns. He might end up with more yardage and more receptions, but touchdowns are really what matters. And if you can kind of scale back the odometer on what Henry's going to do, plus he's an incredible injury liability, Jeff. (laughs) Yeah, of course he is. But I would say so is um, Gronk. And his injuries, listen, uh, they've been unfortunate, but, and I'm not here to coddle injuries. They've been incredibly fluky injuries. Like, um the first one was just so sad but a complete non-contact injury in in like spring otas was the acl and then last year he literally someone went flying helmet first direct hit onto his kneecap uh he still played the game and made some big catches in uh what was one of the few wins of the year week one versus the colts uh so yeah and he yeah he broke his kneecap uh and he's come back from both injuries and really uh quickly so he's also a really fast healer from what i would call fluky injuries uh i i I'm yeah he's fan. wolverine no i don't know i listen I, I i like i'm kind of bullish on hunter i've been there for a couple years uh with that um 
So we'll see. But yeah, I'm not debating he's injury prone. And yes, Gronk has that like insane ceiling um, of touchdown possibilities. If like in a if everything goes right for the Chargers, they'll be like a really good team and could win a wild card spot. A team that wins a lot of like that's very competitive, wins a lot of close games. If everything goes right for Tampa, they're like 13 and three and putting up like 38 a game. Like if everything goes right. So yeah, in that scenario, Gronk uh ceiling definitely higher than Hunter Henry's. Well, right now Tampa Bay is twelve to one to win the Super Bowl. Tim, that's still Insane. your that's still your congrats, pick. Ta- congrats Bucks of twenty nineteen. I mean Browns. Yeah. Bears. Yeah, they're they're becoming that. They basically have become that team right now. So Tampa Bay Thanks, win good luck. Tampa Bay win total over ten is the I, I would just take the under on all of this stuff. Like they're I mean, not I wouldn't with Tampa. I just think they're stacked, right? Like they're still not, they're still not even the best team in their own division. I'm not so sure that that's true anymore. You it's think true. you think that they're better than it's the true. Saints <laughs> right now? Well, obviously I picked them to win the Super Bowl, so I obviously think that they are. They ain't. Hate to tell you. Well, I think they are. Let's see who has the better quarterback. Let's go with New Orleans. Hold on. Do you think they're better than the Saints, or they'll just be like well positioned to like win a couple playoff games and like get a road, and the Saints get like knocked off because they're not I, better than the Saints. They're. I, not. I guess the question of better sort of doesn't matter. The question of who do I think will win more games in twenty twenty? The answer to that is Tampa. Do you want to make that? Do you want to make that bet? No, because I need to see how the season like the Saints playing in the Superdome versus not playing in the Superdome. Like it. It, who would take the Saints in that spot if they couldn't well, play? It, well, well, if you think that Tampa's going to be better anyway with the Saints playing in the Superdome, if they don't play in the Superdome, it's doubly good for you. Why not make the bet? I'm, just, I'm, I'm not. I think a person would be off their rocker to make any substantive bet. For all the, the jokes right about the Chargers and, like, having no home fans, and, okay, that'd be great if the, no one has fans. That's an advantage to us. I probably would agree. Uh, Tampa Bay might be the actual worst home team in modern football, like period, um, in all respects, win loss against the spread. Uh, they, they atrocious in their entire existence. They've never had a semblance of home field advantage, despite, you know, I don't even quantify when they're like an all time great team, uh, that was perennial final four Super Bowl for a couple of years. So for for the wide receivers with Godwin and Evans, Godwin's being drafted ahead of Evans. They're both going inside the top 10 of like early fantasy drafts. Who do you think this hurts more? It has to be Evans, doesn't it? I agree. I think Godwin is basically untouchable. Like there's almost nothing you could do to an offense that would take away from Godwin. Evans, by definition, is going to be the one who gets clawed back if anyone does. I would just think I that it, I would just think in terms of touchdowns that if Gronk is on the team to be a red zone presence, yes, Cameron Brate's going to steal a few. OJ Howard stole a few last year, but primarily like the big bodied target in the end zone is probably now going to be Gronk and not Mike Evans. That would be my read on it. Anyway. Or they're both there, but yeah, by definition, Evans will lose a little bit of the, of the, uh, of the availability because of Gronk. Yes, I, I agree. I agree with you. I mean, with Jeff pointed out, too, that if there's not going to be an offseason and quarterbacks to get on the same page, having Gronk with Brady is going to be good. But you don't envision any scenario where this just doesn't work because Brady, Evans, and Godwin aren't on the same page? Of course it's possible. All things are possible. You know, it's the NFL. Even the most certain thing in the world is still only a 90% chance uh, when it comes to football. Like, anything can happen. Of course it might not work, but I'm not being asked 
Like, is it possible that it might not? Where I'm being asked, do I think it's going to work out? I think it is going to work out. Can't guarantee it. There's no guarantees. Anyone who's giving you a guarantee is selling you a bill of goods. Now, I'm not comparing this to like the big, you know, when all those players join together on the Miami Heat. Because I don't think uh, Brady at this point is LeBron at that point, or any of the players, or even Chris Bosh, which was still kind of a pretty young player. But we've kind of seen historically, I'm not even talking about like winning the football offseason doesn't mean anything. And I don't even think Tampa's kind of done that because they signed Brady and they didn't really make another move because they probably couldn't afford to. And yeah, they're getting Gronk cheap. But if it is a short season with limited preseason and limited everything, um, they're going to be behind the eight ball behind the saints and, and winning games. Um, you know, you can't start slow footballs. You got to be ready to win week one. It's not quite college football loss. Doesn't eliminate you, but, but every loss is worth like 10 NBA games. So every game, you know, is worth, you know, that's why we love it so much. And that's why I live and die with the third downs of my favorite team. Cause losing that game is like going on an eight game losing streak for your favorite other team, whatever your other league is. It lets all those playoff teams in even though football's letting another one in. So Tampa's in a really awkward spot now. They better hope, like, the, the genius of Arians and Brady, like, is ready, is at the forefront. But I'm just saying, we've seen great players come together, and there's always a bit of a hiccup. And I don't see how this would be any different. I don't care how great they are. Don't. All right. Let's talk draft props. Jeff, you and I have made some bets. I don't know if Tim has or not. I'm going to give my first one. I've been saying it on the show for a little bit. We can kind of break this down. Uh, I bet Henry Ruggs, the third, first wide receiver drafted at four to one. Do I think it's going to happen? Well, no. But at four to one, I could see someone buying into this speed, and that's really what it was. Plus, Adam Schefter, Tim, confirmed today that Jerry Judy has a knee injury, and people are scared. Great, then we should get him an 11, no problem. The only way you win the rugs bet, and the way I think you could win the rugs Jacksonville. bet. Jacksonville. No, is that, that Las Vegas picks after the Jets. And there's no team on earth who wants super fast receivers than the Oakland Raiders. So that would be a, that would be a Raiders pick if there ever was one. Would be I have uh, so if, if it, That's where you win the pick, I think, is at 12, if you win it. I have CeeDee Lamb first receiver taken plus 115. Well, that that's good odds because that those odds have changed as of today. As we're speaking on a Wednesday afternoon, CeeDee Lamb is minus 110 to be the first wide receiver drafted. Jerry Judy is plus 125, and Ruggs is 4-1 to one right now. I will say this. I Barstool, they put up that, like, joke of a guy, like, in his, like, mock-up session video. I thought it was, like, really well done. And not even so much mocks. I don't really care for mocks. I've just done extensive reading on this. And when slight sites were slow to act, uh, I was making bets. Uh, like all the bets I made were only because I saw it wrong, different on one site compared to like the three other sites I had access to. And I had just spent like an entire day um, like a freak just it taking in draft coverage and the anticip the result can't be worse than the anticipation. Um, but yeah, so a couple good I got a couple real sweet numbers. I'm actually hoping to make some money tomorrow night, uh, even if I'm a sad boy. Yeah. So the only other one that I have right now, maybe you can talk me into some. I have under 0.5 running backs drafted in the first round. I grabbed it at two to one. That's down to plus 125 now. That seems to be where people are leaning. But the Dolphins can always screw this up on us. I like that. I like that. I wish um, I kind of, 
I would happily bet that one. I'm embarrassed to say I'm in for a little bit of a piece of a, which is now a great line, even though it's going to sound crazy when I say it out of my, out of my mouth. I have under one and a half running backs at minus 500. This is now flirting with like minus a thousand. Um, so I'll be watching those last picks very nervously. If a running back does go like 26, I'll have uh, a beaten chest, but I won't be nervous until the first one goes, but minus 500, I have under one and a half running backs. I feel pretty uh, confident about that, but I like yours as well. I actually couldn't find it or where I did find it. I didn't have money in the site and it wasn't really worth like uh, putting money in when I had plenty in another site. So, so t- Tim, have you looked at any of these props? I mean, I've looked at the odds, but it's really hard for me to figure out where the value is only because I've seen other reports from insiders saying that the, some of the mocks are so far off that we really don't know what tomorrow night's going to look like. So I'm anxious about looking at these props. I mean, some of the ones you mentioned, like, I don't think a running back's going in the first round. Like, so oh, I, no. I think that, I think that wins. Uh, I really think Judy is going to be the first receiver off the board. Cause I think anyone with, eyes that see know that he's the best receiver we've seen in college football in a, in a generation so i think he's going to go before lamp what, what that, generation are we in i think my goodness he's the best receiver in the last five to six years to come out of college that doesn't mean he's going to translate to the pros it doesn't always do that but just raw skill my, my gracious there, there is ain't no one like him this is what you get when you only watch Mick tapes of one player and don't know who the other guys are. No, no. See, I watch quite a few Bama games because I hate Alabama. And so I watch them all the time to hope to see them lose. Well, because they're on CBS every Saturday. I mean, well, that's there is part of the deal. You're going to, we all see lots of Alabama, whether you want is, to or not. There's that too. Uh, I am becoming a skeptic of Washington making the second pick overall for Chase Young. And I don't know why. Other than I just think it would be crazy for a team with such deep quarterback needs not to draft a quarterback. Uh, I know you don't have QB as a need on your board, but like Haskins is not Rivera's guy, and that team needs a quarterback more than any position. I find it hard to believe they're going to blink at one of those quarterbacks and take Young, even though Young may be the best player, you know, in terms of uh, scouting in the in the league. How can Washington say no to a quarterback? And if they don't want a quarterback, how can they let a pick that is so valuable go by the boards to a team that needs one? So I, I'm skeptical. And I know he's minus 1,400 or something to go second overall. Maybe he, and so I guess he's going to, but I, it just, it seems impossible to me. I mean, I don't necessarily hate that take. I don't think that Washington is going to draft the quarterback because it doesn't seem like they're like super into Tua or St. E. Bear at this point. But they, it would make more sense if Haskins wasn't their guy. They would like they would sign Cam. Sure, but wouldn't they have done it already? No, there's no there's no need to do any of this. Why? Why? Guess, would, I mean, why they already would signed you... one. They already signed one Carolina former quarterback. I they, guess they don't want another. I, I, I mean, they traded for Kyle Allen. For that's what I mean. They, they traded really like Jalen Hurts. They they got a valuable second round pick. So so maybe that's right. Maybe that's possible. Then I would. Washington has so many needs that taking Young at two, I don't think is as valuable as trading for whatever you could get for two. Taking four or five impact players rather than one superstar player on the defensive side. You know what I mean? Like I just I just think the EV move here is to move that pick if you're not taking a QB. Well, the problem I would like. Oh, go ahead, Jeff. Well, you go. 
I was going to say that their biggest problem is most people have identified Chase Young as like the actual best player in this draft. And if that's the case, giving up on him at two when you can have, and it's a position not necessarily even of need for them. You just go and get the best guy in the draft and work around that. That's something that Ron Rivera seems like he would want to do and be able to coach you up. And you know, if your offense is going to be good anyway, just have an amazing defense, see how that works out. But the problem is if you trade that pick, you're probably not trading it to the Lions and you're probably not trading it to the Giants. So who do you get at five or six with Miami or the Chargers that is equivalent to Chase Young? And what else do you get on the back end? Like, do you get their second round pick with it? Do you get a first next year? Like, it would have to be a lot if you evaluate Chase Young that highly. Yeah, and I kind of think that's what they would probably get, right? I don't know. Like, it, like, it's you're going to get multiple I, I, firsts. Unless... I don't know. I don't know if you are. Like Every- if I'm a team, like, I, you know, I, you've heard of teams, for example, like Denver being very interested in trading up in this draft. You could imagine imme- easily getting Denver's first this year, Denver's first next year, Denver's second this year. Well, Denver's that's going third. back to like 13 or 15. Maybe okay, higher, but maybe right? I'd rather have the 13th, the ninth. Not everyone sees 11 as valuable as you, man. No, I'm just saying I might prefer to have 13 this year, 19 next year, plus my pick next year plus that second rounder this year, plus my sec, all over one guy. Okay. Like what you guys are saying kind of, I'm happy Pat went before I spoke. Cause I chase young seems like a guy by all scouts say you'd start him tomorrow. He's getting 10 sacks. He's in the line of both Bosa brothers. Uh, we have another Ohio state often uh, defensive lineman. And he's as good as, you know, as Tim would say, I have the bad Bosa. So maybe chase young, most people have graded him better than, uh, Nick Bosa for a player that's this good or being this talked about as the best player in the draft there is no talk of someone coming up to trade for Chase Young there's lots of talk of mate there there's lots of underground like someone might come up and take a quarterback but for a player that's being draft graded as highly I haven't heard one team rumor a report of a team that wants to trade up for Chase Young um, so that's been kind of weird for me although maybe not surprising trading into the top five it's generally just for quarterbacks also to tim's point on on the scouts saying how unpredictable this draft is going to be i don't think that's really going to get going till like after 15 maybe you know, like the the, the the offensive linemen these like top four or five defensive players like it's pretty easy in my opinion to make up the top like uh 15 players in this draft I think what that report is kind of referring to is like the different, like teams get, you have them as a second, I have them as a fifth. You have them as a sec, a third, I have them as like a sixth. No, see, see, I, I, I completely disagree with that because when you look at like all the mocks and that is sort of the buzz that these mock drafts are completely off base. By the way, if you want to go check out the mock drafts, you can hit the description. It's a podcast or video, the one that I did with Jake Seeley. And Thor from Roto World, who just released his big board of the top 500 players in this draft. But it only takes, like, one little thing to go off, and then everything is blown up. So let's say – so there's no corners predicted to go inside the top 10. But we know that corner is a very valuable position. If one of these teams – it could be Jacksonville, and I know they have the pick later on. But if they say, we need to get our corner right now, and then at 8, all of a sudden, they're taking a cornerback, then everything is blown up because everyone drops the one spot. Then people just start reaching or trading up or whatever it might be because teams are like, oh – 
Tim, it's like in that draft when we did uh, that somehow our friend still brings up to this day when I took Carlos Gonzalez and like. Well, the, you reached. I reached on Carlos Gonzalez in the ninth round of our fantasy baseball draft when he was like going undrafted. I was like, I just want to make sure I get this guy. So there's go, there's gonna I, be there's gonna be teams in the NFL draft who identify someone who might have a later pick. It could be someone like Miami. It might be a bit later than that. Not with their fifth pick, with their second pick. It could be the Raiders at 12 who were just like, screw it. We're taking the guy that we have number one left on our board right now, and we'll figure it out again with our next pick. Jacksonville could do the same thing. Cleveland could say, hey, we're a few pieces away, and we've just seen that, like, oh, a few of the – where we thought the Giants were going to take an offensive lineman, they didn't. So now more offensive linemen have fallen down the draft. We'll trade our 10 pick back to 17 and get the last of the tier of the offensive linemen, and we'll get more picks out of it so someone can move up to number 10 to take the guy that they want. Like, there's a lot of really different situations that could happen. It only takes one thing to set it off. So there's a 100% chance that that will happen. 100%. It always happens. Uh, the other thing, you, and I think I say this all the time, the other thing people need to re- remember is that NFL teams, some teams are stupid and they make the same stupid yeah. mistakes every single year and will not learn from them. That will happen again. There will be mind numbingly bad picks I'm tomorrow so night and Friday night. And my team is more than capable of being one of those teams to do it. So it's not like I'm casting aspersions on other teams. My team is routinely one of the stupid teams when it comes to the draft. He's right. So there are there are certain teams in there. The Lions at three. They could do something moronic. Look at the turnover of GMs. They suck. Washington is totally capable of making a mistake. I don't know what the Panthers are even doing with their team right now. I wouldn't be shocked if they make a terrible pick at seven. The Giants are at four. Look at the teams that are here. The Bengals, thankfully, have got their hands forced so they don't have to make a mistake. But Washington, Detroit, New York, uh, the Panthers, these are teams that are routinely dumb teams. So do not be surprised in the least if that happens or just they have so-and-so at number one on their board so they go up and take them. That's going to happen, which is why, I mean, you should trust but verify with these these mock drafts. They're they're worth the paper they're printed on. Well, It's really unfortunate the Chargers need a quarterback (laughs) – right now and maybe they were looking at this big board with the foresight as to why they kind of wanted tom brady because they knew they could get a really great player and it seems like by all intents and purposes every quarterback but joe burrow is probably going to get over drafted at least the next two i i well the jalen hurts thing his stock has been dropping but the i think jalen hurts at this point has been more of a media production than teams actually like him that's 100 percent. that's the read that i get on it because his draft number some places have it like over under 52 and a half is the pick some places have it at 60 and a half and there's other people like jalen hurts gonna be drafted like number 24 overall that could happen like manzel went in the first round tebow went in the first round like it just takes it just takes one but but the roundabout point i wanted to make was 56 if you think that yeah, it's going to be different, different places, Jeff. Thanks. Um, <laughs> Tim, if you think that the Redskins could possibly trade this second pick, we, as Jeff pointed out, no one's trading up to get Chase Young. Chase Young to be the third overall pick is 16 to one. Well, it should concern Washington that no one wants to trade up for Chase Young too. It, it makes you wonder whether he's really worth that. Pay. I mean, just, you know, the other scouts are saying, I'm not saying Washington's going to, because they probably aren't. I'm just saying, it does to me. It seems illogical not to. Were I the Redskins, and I'm starting from fresh, and I'm building a team that has holes at basically every position on the face of the earth, 
am I going to put all my eggs in one basket with this super valuable pick and take a guy who might be a superstar, but what if he tears his ACL? You know, like I should be spreading my risk as thin as I, uh, as I can if I'm Washington because I have so many needs and I have time to build. I don't know. I, that, that's me. I think Pat sort of this conversation kind of just should end when Pat just sort of answered the second overall pick. It's a new regime. They're going to take the best player on the board. They're going to allow themselves to evaluate the quarterback they have with this new regime and Herbert at over two would be grossly overdrafted. And if you believe anybody, it kind of feels like no one in the league kind of thinks I shouldn't say that because there's people that think two is going to be great. I want the Chargers to get him, but with all the red flags, uh, it doesn't seem like anyone seems like he's worthy of trading into number two, four. So it's, you take the best player in the draft by 99% of the people and you move on and you say, we have a great second round pick and let's get building. And Blake, you just Bortles put, put went, a, Blake Bortles went third overall. Teams take quarterbacks where they shouldn't. Yeah, listen, I want to say 10 of the last 14 quarterbacks taken in the top five were traded into. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's very, it's very likely. But I, I don't, I don't know. It seems like the Redskins have already handed Fair in enough. the card. Fair enough. So, Jeff, what other props have you bet on so far? So, I'll start off. I've got free money coming my way, courtesy of Isaiah Simmons, who I would like for the Chargers to draft. If him or two are my are my two preferences. I took an Isaiah Simmons under six and a half at plus one thirty-five or forty-five, and then I followed it up on another site by betting him over <laughs> six and a half at plus one twenty-five. And I missed a higher number thinking the steam was really going to pick up on Simmons. Uh, so I got a little greedy uh, and it kind of went the other way. So I'm happy I did make the, the bet on the other side what I did. So I got Simmons free money. And now I'm going to tell you how sharp I am, courtesy of, of reading lots. Um, CJ Henderson, minus 170, under 16 and a half. This seems like a lock. The, it's almost like CJ Henderson under the 12 and a half now, or I've even seen a book keeping at 16 and a half at like minus 500. So that one seems like a beauty. Uh, someone tuned into the quarterbacks. I have not a cent on Tua or Herbert and how their day might end up Pat, but quickly saw Jordan loves Hill going the other way. Um, he went, was as low, I want to say as like 10 and a half on the draft boards. I didn't get him there, but I got Jordan Hill over 15 and a half, um, a couple weeks ago as his stock was, was tweaking and he's probably now in the 21 range. And I might still condone, uh, the over, uh, in that one, I mentioned CD lamb first receiver off the board and one that's kind of exactly where I bet it. Although maybe the juice has changed. I got this receiver, Justin Jefferson, LSU, under 21 and a half, who now I see my book has pulled. Justin Je- feel- Je- Justin Jefferson on DK Sportsbook right now is over under 20 and a half with both yeah, sides so juice to the minus. Some steam on, on, on him as a lot of people do are you- talking, talking so- him up. So do you think I'm the- expecting to make money tomorrow night based on some of my positions? I could look tomorrow and maybe try to like middle picks, but I'm not here for that. Uh, like a lot of GMs, I'll probably have to be organized because I don't know what sort of condition I'm going to be in. 
God willing, I'm going to be chugging that Chick-fil-A Polynesian sauce so what live you're, on Instagram or so, whatever live so, program. So, so, so what you're saying is that we're, I'm doing a draft show tomorrow night with DraftKings starting at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, there's a game that's going to be free, available for everyone to play, where you guess the picks, a whole bunch of money. Free money is available if you can end up winning it. I was thinking about going live after that show is over, maybe talking to you guys, but it sounds like you're going to be in no shape to be coming on the show. No, listen, I could be in great shape. I could be in great shape. I could be thrilled. I hope to be, like, shooting Chick-fil-A Polynesian sauce. CJ uh, Hen- like, oh, C- like, CJ oh, my God. CJ Henderson right now. Did you just come doing that? <laughs> CJ Henderson I'm draft gonna- special. Over 12 and a half is the number right now. And to bet the under is plus 110. So that's one maybe I should consider middling um but i don't know who wants to sit there? i'm not trying to middle draft picks i just oh god it'll be the one consolation i guess i will say i'll, I'll be disgusted with myself just personally i won't be mad at the team but i'll be personally disgusted at my behavior pat if we draft a left tackle which is very possible very possible and it's been a need of the organization's uh, you know, we've built, rebuilt that right side, and now we might highly take a tackle. People think if it's not quarterback for the Chargers, it will be a left tackle. And I say that I'd be disgusted with myself, only in that um, it's a very deep left tackle draft. Tom Telesco, highly regarded as a very good drafter. I don't, I'm nervous my team will not do what I want, but I don't have like Tim's concerns that they're going to, um, like some daunting history of this GM or this sort of regime, at least on draft day, I should say. Telesco's highly regarded, but I'll be embarrassed and disgusted at how much I put into making myself aware of how the top of the draft would go to then come out with like a pair of socks and underwear. Socks and underwear, as we've joked many times through the year, crucial, but I don't need to spend a month in in quarantine like taking in every piece of information i could have just been like oh telesco got the 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 pair of socks he likes the most and that would have been that this quarterback dynamic has made me in insane my wife is like when is it over (laughs) so the numbers have flipped on Tua versus herbert in terms of the betting odds the first quarter the second quarterback to be drafted now Tua is the biggest favorite, and Justin Herbert's draft special of over-under pick five and a half. Uh, it's now plus money to bet the under. Over is actually favored, Jeff. Say that. Uh, sorry. Can you just, like, um, say it slower, a little slower for the challenge? So now Tua has now once again jumped Herbert to be the second quarterback taken. Yes, in terms of betting odds, Tua is the favorite to yes. be the second quarterback off the board. Because, and, again, and, and Herbert's actual draft position of over under five and a half, it's plus money to bet the under. Like, you have to pay juice to bet the over and pick five and a half. Yeah, I'm getting really annoyed. It's almost like Miami has finally realized, okay, let me say this. I don't think anything's come out of Miami, like, at all. Like, at all. I don't think they have any reason to be even smoke screening anything. Miami has such draft capital and is ahead of the Chargers here that they could choose their own adventure. I think it's people trying to get in Miami's heads. 
Miami, Miami can do whatever they want. They control however they want to control it. There's not a smokescreen or anything anyone else can say that can prevent Miami from getting the player they want if they want him. Um, so that's, yeah, I don't think Miami's talking at all. That being said, like I joked with you guys, I think before we recorded, I wish this draft was like a week ago in like peak Herbert season. Because, uh, yeah, last week, this these are like stocks. Every quarterback has had their week to shine and then has been brought down. I mean, after the combine, it was like Todd McShay's on TV making $1,000 bets about him being drafted ahead of Herbert, you know? Uh, and obviously, love's gone kind of the other way. Herbert, through all his inconsistencies, gained so much steam where, like, everyone you respect who's connected to the league was saying, no, Miami loves this guy. Uh, they're scared of Tua. And here we are the day before the draft, and holy shit, shocker. Miami's coming to their senses. That Tua's the pick! We gotta jump them. We gotta jump them. Tim. Give, I, I'm embarrassed to say what I would do. I'm well, embarrassed to say what I would do to well, just get if, him. If you, okay, let's say that the Redskins say, you know what? We'll give up the two pick to you, the Chargers. What are you willing to give up for the two pick? I'm only talking to the Redskins. If I trust in my deepest, deepest gut, Miami's ready to move into two. So what's living take... that world? <laughs> Pardon? You have to pass them either way. But I think to get into two, you're asking... The, the price is exponentially higher than getting into three. Yeah, but you know because, what you know what would be the ultimate Chargers move, just like how they always score that touchdown before giving one up, then have to come back again, would be to like to jump to the Lions at three, then watch Miami jump to number two. Well, that's why that can't happen till before. And that's what I am am kind of worried about. And I would love for the Chargers to make a trade with the Giants. That's worked out for me before on draft day. But I don't think my point being is if you're talking to the Redskins. There's like the blue chip player there um, that they're passing up on. Once you get to the Lions, they're far more keen, I think, to move back than the Redskins are. I don't know. I don't know the cost of doing business, but I would say, what's Miami offering you? And I'd say, let me try to beat it. Tim. And that's uh, what it would do. That's what I would offer. Kevin Cole from Pro Football. Okay, that's okay. We're, 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 we're done now with the Chargers. It's enough of that. Tim, the Kevin Cole from Pro Football Focus has run a statistical analysis of all the receivers in this draft and who their best NFL comp is. Do you know who Jerry Judy rates out the most like? No. Go ahead and tell me. You have to guess. You have to guess all of these. It's a game. Okay. Current NFL receivers? Or current-ish within the last 10 years. This one Julio is Jones. Uh, Sammy Watkins is actually the comp. Well, Sammy Watkins in college was a beast. This is Sammy not. Th- this is this is for this is for NFL player. I think that is uh, remarkably low. I tend to disagree. Okay, CD Lamb. CD Lamb. Uh, I would say Amari Cooper. DeAndre Hopkins is the comp statistically for cd lamb rugs who do you think he got i mean hill is the easy one it's not hill no it's got to be a speedster though or i would C. imagine harvin. what did what'd you say to or jeff harvin no coming back to the nfl percy harvin 
Deshaun Jackson. It is not Deshaun Jackson, Paul. Oh, good guess. Good guess, though. I can't remember if this guy was the first receiver drafted in his draft class. This is the reason that I bet rugs. Because, like, when you just go back and look, there's so many weird speed guys that just get way overdrafted by one team. Is like, oh, my God, a 4-2. How could, how could he ever not score touchdowns? The answer to the Ruggs question, statistical comp, Tim, is Ted Ginn. That's, unfor- that's unfortunate for, uh, for Dolphins fans to have to relive that moment. Was Ginn the first receiver off the board that year? I can't say whether he was, but I know he was taking so. eight. It was eight. pretty high, but let's be real. Like, in hindsight, when drafting Brady Quinn, like, Dolphin draft party slappies were, like, upset they didn't draft mattered. I mean, if you look at the career statistics of all the players that went in the top ten, like, Ginn's going to pan out to look better than he certainly looked even five years ago. Uh, I would agree with that, just because he's held on for so long, but... He was drafted in the 2007 draft. Let's see here. NFL draft, 2007. Receivers. Oh, Calvin Johnson went number two overall. Then Ginn went ninth overall. Those were the first two receivers. Okay. So that makes sense. Okay. Any more draft stuff you guys got? That's pretty much it. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Paul? Uh, Jeff, actually, I had my hand up earlier. I was going to ask Jeff a question about, like, what would really upset him coming out of this draft, but he kind of did it with talking about the offensive tackle. No, um, that wouldn't upset me. That wouldn't upset me. You know what would upset I mean, I think, if I'm going to be honest No, 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 no. Jeff, I'll I say it. I'll, I'll answer the question. There's a doomsday. There's a doomsday scenario. I okay. think I said it to Pat this morning. The scariest situation would be trading up to draft Herbert. Like, there's so, we're giving up draft capital. We're trading up for the quarterback I don't prefer. The, the left tackle makes total organizational sense. I also would believe you wouldn't draft if like two is gone or they really hate the two of medical. You're not just drafting a quarterback like it's sixth overall to appease anybody. You don't get backed into a corner to take a quarterback that high. You love them and you overdraft them as history tells us, right? All the trades into the top five to draft quarterbacks. You love a quarterback or you overdraft them or you don't draft them. That's essentially how quarterbacks work in the um, in the NFL. The, 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 uh, you want to put a fresh pair of uh, under underwear in my closet that's going to be there for a decade, and, and I'll get my usage out of it, and we finally rebuild the offensive line. That's not a doomsday scenario. So, I'm just saying, Paul, I would feel gross because I didn't need to read every article on the planet to draft a left tackle. Yeah, that's that's all fault. I kind of mean. It's just the meat and potatoes. But, I, go. So I feel like you're you've actually accepted it a little bit more. You've always been like very nice about Herbert until today, but I feel like now you're kind of on the page of if we get to number six and the Chargers draft Herbert, like you're not going to be like overly thrilled. I won't be overly thrilled, but I wouldn't be furious. I would I would respect the GM who I think is really good likes him. The the doomsday scenario is. You jump up and draft Herbert. You draft Herbert over Tua. Let me explain this to you. And Tim will understand and, and everyone but Pat will understand. Um, I got to take a deep breath. My every waking existence isn't now just about is Herbert good? It's I live in fear every day of my life that Tua is the player people said he was. Like the fear of, of not picking him a jumping and not picking him, passing him, 
and him being good is the scariest thing in this whole conversation to me. That's the scary to wake up every day and see him being the darling of the league and how he could have done so much for my team. A 1 million Polynesians in the greater LA area. I'd finally play home games. Like this is, this is a five-year plan that would be executed to perfection. Getting Herbert at six would mean that's the guy we like. And God, if we pick Herbert, just God willing, Miami's already taken Tua and they use draft capital we couldn't match to get him. And Tim, I would have to accept that forever. Tim, the Raiders' first two round pick, first round picks, and like a second next year to get up to two to get Tua. I wouldn't do it because do you, I don't believe in I don't believe in Tua that much. Do you think that they might? No, I, I, I haven't re- read anything to think that. Honestly, I mean, I know how Jeff feels about this, but I don't think there's a single quarterback in this draft we're trading up for that isn't named Joe Burrow and the price is too expensive for Joe Burrow. So I don't think there'll be, I don't think there's any QB right now worth uh, the capital. Question for Tim. Fire away. What, what draft, like what would enrage you? Rugs from, from the Jets. Besides rugs, I think rugs. rugs and Lamb to a lesser extent. If Judy is on the board, oh, so you don't like you don't you like C D Lamb anymore? I don't want him over <laughs> Judy. No, if Judy's gone, then whatever. It's a separate question. I mean, I, a, a comp, my greater. I'm going to be. Oh, I'm gonna be annoyed as heck if they take the worst remaining lineman rather than the best receiver. But what I'm if not going to like. It's a lineman that they have ranked as the second best lineman. That's the thing, right? So I'm going to like, much like Jeff said, I'm going to I'm going to live with and accept if they take a lineman because I know you've got to eat your asparagus as much as you need to eat your uh, filet mignon. I want the good stuff, but I know you need the vegetables too. Football in the NFL is won by quarterbacks and in the trenches. Those are the three places that matter in the modern game. So if they go after a tackle, all right, I'll live with it. I'll I'll trust. That Joe Douglas, a guy who's into uh, offensive linemen, knows what he's doing. So I won't keep, won't be enraged by that. If we don't, if we take a receiver that isn't named Judy, if Judy's on the board, I'll lose my mind. See, the, when you had said earlier that the Jets are one of the teams that make stupid picks, another reason why I think that Rugs could be the pick. Oh yeah, well, but again, I am used to the Jets doing stupid things. They do stupid things all the time. Go on the YouTube sometime if you feel like having fun and, you know, go watch the collection of our terrible picks. We picked Anthony Becht over Warren Sapp. <laughs> That's all you need to know. We had the first <laughs> overall pick and we took Keyshawn Johnson, who was a good player. He wasn't the superstar he needed to be. And we couldn't wait to get him out of town. Like this team took, you know, this team took, um, what the heck's his name? The, the, the rusher from uh, Vernon Golston. Yes, Vernon Golson. That's a bust. We traded up for uh, for the the defensive tackle from Kentucky that time. Uh, he was no good. Uh, Robertson, D. Wayne Robertson, trash. Oh, yeah. Shit. Like yes, we have made so many bad decisions uh, that I sort of learned to accept. Other it. than I, drafting like a Mangold in the left tackle, that one they have draft. had. Some yeah, good, you... they have had good success yeah. drafting offensive linemen. I mean, we went through a stretch where we had the best center in football for like 20 years straight with yeah. Mawai and then Mangold. So he was dirty. We, um, we drafted we, Darnold. 
I think you guys will draft a left tackle. I think you're in a great, unless you really hate the one that's left, I think you are um, in a nice position and receiver is just loaded. You're going to get a receiver in the second with your second round pick that I'm telling you, you'll be happy with. You will. Well, well, two things on this one, everyone's like talking up Isaiah Simmons, how he's essentially the defensive version of what Tim has described. Rob Gronkowski on offense is the queen on the chessboard. He also described Ty Montgomery and Le'Veon Bell that way as well. But <laughs> with Isaiah Simmons, is there a chance like the way that people talk about him and like, listen, I'm not going to claim to be some sort of talent evaluator for defensive players in the NFL draft coming out of college, but the way that he's being talked about, like athletically reminds me of Vernon Golston a little bit, Tim marvelous how marvelous uh yeah i mean i don't know i honestly i i I, like you i'm not a defensive talent person to figure it's very difficult at the college level i'm just not that i'm just not that skilled i'm really good at a lot of things this is one thing i'm not very good at the second i love the ceiling Sure, but, I mean, everyone gets enamored with ceilings when it comes to all of this stuff, but, like, if you actually tried to grade this out and looked at the range of outcomes, how often does that ceiling hit? You do need to weight that sometimes if you're going to pick someone inside the top eight. Like, you can't, at some point, like, you know, sometimes you hit a home run by trying to hit a double and the ball just clears the fence. Other times you're swinging for a home run and you just absolutely strike out. I think I'd take the double with the potential for a home run rather than trying to bomb it into the upper deck. Yes, 100%. Uh, you just keep kicking the ball down the road. That you, Yeah, teams like the sure things, and I don't but disagree. I and I agree, I agree there's total bust potential with a player like Simmons. To have the ceiling, there's a large floor there. The floor can be ugly. But from a personal standpoint, I don't think there's many better spots in the top 10 or in his realistic draft range where he could end up to succeed as much as it would be in LA with the chargers under Gus Bradley, who really does love like the hybrid aspect of defensive players. And for the chargers to put Bosa Simmons Derwin on each level, they'd be a very hard team, incredibly hard team to scheme against. So personnel wise and scheme wise, I think the chargers really could make him work. But if you're going to just drop him into a defense that doesn't sort of have other pieces. Um, I don't know how much his, his, his ability to, to, to Rover would be as impactful. Just another player for Travis Kelsey to shake off on his way to the end zone. Buddy, you want the pack? Go look at Travis. Go, buddy. I'll send you a video and make your head spin. Thank <laughs> God I got Derwin James. The other one, Jeff, that you hit on that, if the Jets don't draft a wide receiver at the 11th pick or anyone in the first round, really from that like mid-tier to the very top, if they pass on the wide receiver to address another need, whether it be corner, whether McKinney ends up going as a safety, whether they want to sports on a running back, I don't know. But if you just pass on all these wide receivers, it's so deep. That's all anyone's talking about, that there's going to be guys that are available in the second round. The over-under on wide receivers drafted in the first round is five and a half. I don't think I've seen a mock draft yet that has under five and a half wide receivers going in the first round, which including including mine, which leads me to believe 
that there's probably going to be under five and a half wide receivers no, drafted in the first be, round. I think it'll be more, and that may be true that there's lots of receivers later on, but the Jets have a history of making terrible second-round picks on wide receivers, so I don't want that. And it's like offensive linemen. I'm fine with it. The more I think about it, though, Beckty is the one guy I don't want. I will not be pleased if we get Beckty. I think he's very overrated as an offensive tackle. I got to the you point. Don't, you like don't, you don't even know his name. <laughs> he's like the Simmons of left tackle. I mean, there's. I don't like just, him. There's so much there that they. I think would call him Becky. Maybe it's do... Becky. I, I don't. You know what? I hope I don't need to learn how to pronounce his name. Because... Mikel Becton. What's the problem? Why is it a hard name? I don't know. It's just. I don't know. I just. It's the linebacker lineman from Louisville. That's all I know. He's the raw. He's raw. But people just. Yeah, see I don't need off that. We don't the need that. If you're going to draft a lineman to protect a guy who's going to be your quarterback for 20 years, you're not picking someone who's raw. You're picking a, a top tier polished guy, years. or you're going to get him, you know, you're going to get him top tier receiving talent because that division is wide open and you can win everything. If you hit on the right picks, you have Tim. to use this resource. Hold, hold directly. on, hold on, Tim. If you don't want the raw prospect protecting your quarterback, you probably shouldn't be eating raw hot dogs either. That way you can protect your insides. <laughs> I haven't had a raw hot dog in a long time. Thank you very much. Well, it's because you don't have access. You haven't been out to the storage because of the quarantine to get yourself some raw hot dogs. I could go to the store anytime I wanted to buy hot dogs. I don't want hot dogs right now. Are you- I got to let you know, I had to hit up the store yesterday. And I hit it up and they still, oh man, there was still a great collection of Easter candy on oh, sale. Oh, see, man. mine was gone the other day. Crushed. Oh no, I, I went oh, to the Walmart because I needed some peripheral things, man. Sorry about it, but but I, man, crush that cart with like sixty percent off mini eggs. Woo! Uh, well, eggies are better anyway. No, they aren't. Um, I'm yeah, gonna want to say something to follow up what Pat said. Uh, the receiver thing sort of feels like you know closers in your baseball draft. Yeah, like the run, and you're kind of like uh, holding out, and then when it happens, you kind of want to get in on it. But to your point of it being under Pat. Um, I absolutely love Daniel Jeremiah. Yes, he works for the Chargers, but long before he worked for the Chargers, he has a great reputation on TV of not being a rumor monger and being an insightful draft prognosticator. That being said, he has 18 receivers in his top 100. So there are teams that, um, yeah, they're just going to go another way and and think the board can fall for for them as the later rounds uh, progress. All right. I think that, that that's it for draft. I think we're good with the draft. Yeah, I think so. I just want it over, but then I'm scared when it's over. I've got nothing to do. Well, you can look forward to the season. That's probably not going to happen. <laughs> oh, God. There's a bet on that, too. I saw books were, uh, yeah. were posting. I don't. You I, can get... th- th- that sounds like a really depressing thing to bet on. I, I would not yeah, want to be you, betting on what it. What about this, you though? Want, you just don't want it to happen. You can get 20 to one on the draft being hacked. Not a, not a technological problem, but literally something that, that the league and the network has no intention of, of airing from a third party gets in there and airs. Hmm. I could see that happening for sure. I feel like I could hack this draft. <laughs> I really do. I think I could. It's just, I, I have no want to do that, but yeah, someone one, will. One of these GMs is going to send a link to oh, someone, yeah, a player sure. or something like that. And then that player is going to send it to one of his buddies. 
and then no, no, yeah, this is more GM will receive an email that's a phishing email, but yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, the the uh, the the general manager of the Raiders wants to send you a trade offer. Oh, you said it was 20, can... 20 to one. It's more like oh, twenty my to one that it would coach, get hacked. Is that my running the... backs coach wants no. to send me a clip of this guy. Uh, look, click uh, now. I'm now someone's in my system. They they send it to the Jets GM or even just Adam Gase is on the line. It's like you've won new pick. Oh boy, this is great. The best story is uh, who was it? Someone was on Dan Patrick talking about um, they were on the phone with one of the GMs and then he just started yelling at his kids to get off like the bandwidth. And like, it was a female reporter and she's like, I remember angry dad voice. So from my <laughs> own father. So I just wanted to get off the phone. <laughs> well, was it the, I think it's the Seahawks are like, their GM or whoever's doing like the main person in their draft tore down walls in their house to get better fiber ops in. Oh, that's the best. Like, I really feel like these people don't understand. Like they, they're like, who is the idiot from uh, Alaska, Tim, the Senator, the series of tubes guy. Yes. The late Senator Ted Stevens. Yeah. It's basically like he is the GM of every one of these teams. Well, it's all embarrassing. Pat every day, like Howard Stern goes past 10 o'clock, like every day forever. But like this whole thing in this um, new generation of him doing it at home, he claims every day at 10 o'clock, his neighbors wake up and use the internet and therefore his connection gets shitty. He cuts the show. Really? Yeah. Well, but bandwidth is a thing though. Not if you're plugged in. Like it's, it's even, your, even if you're plugged in. Because your neighbors wake up, Tim, and start using the internet, it's not going to harm your internet. No, I agree. But if if, like if, if everyone if, using your Wi-Fi, no. But why would multiple people be using Howard Stern's Wi-Fi? Not Howard Stern's, but you're a general manager. Maybe you have, but four, I guess, maybe you have four kids, and they're on their iPads watching. When whatever you guys were in college, when you were at school, or, or or when you're with your buddies, me and my buddies, we still do a live draft because we love just the day of getting together and doing our live football draft. And the internet gets wonky when there's like twelve of us all with their laptops, right? Oh, of course. That's normal, right? Yeah, like bandwidth yeah. is a thing, and it's foolish to pretend like it isn't a, a real problem. <laughs> you can manage the people in your house, Tim. You can you can tell you know what you're on your phone. You're not on the Wi-Fi right now. I'm an NFL GM. If you have overage charges on your data, you can go that way if you want to. Can't you just send the like? Can't the team just pay for any infrastructure additions you made? Just get a fucking hardwire, and you're fine. Some oh, bo- some boomers have like email only kind of quality of like email of uh bandwidth though. Like that's what if someone like my mom's been doing zooms with like her friends and they have like email or they have internet that's set up just for sending emails. So that could be like Gettleman's issue. I mean his computer might not even take the internet by the looks of it. Anyway, Jeff. Did you watch that video that Tim sent us this morning? This one? We need mayonnaise, we need cheese, and we need good old-fashioned tuna. Let's get at it, all right? First of all, two pieces of bread. Put them out on the plate. Open up the mayonnaise. I love mayo. I know my kids hate mayo, but make sure you get plenty on both sides. Next comes the important part, the tuna. And my personal preference is chicken with the sea. You gotta make sure you distribute this evenly. 
across the bread in a way that's even and appropriate. Again, if you're having trouble keeping up, you can pause because the placement of the tuna is very important. Next, your favorite cheese. For me, medium cheddar. And I'm a two-slice man. Put this on the other side of the bread. Put it in. You need a heating device. I'm going with the MVP5. And my, one of my old favorites. Usually about 30 seconds. Yeah, but I like bailed before anyone was going to take a bite of it because it revolted. There is no, there is no bite. There's a lot of hand washing at the end. You Good said tips. It, you said it best, Pat, on Twitter. It's like, uh, yeah, the guy, the it's when you visit your divorced dad. And... Yeah, like as someone who grew up with his parents not together, I would go up to my dad. My mom had big custody over me, not my dad. I didn't think he really wanted it, to tell you the truth. I mean, don't blame him, it's me. But I would go up to his place for the weekend like once every three, well, like once a month, basically. Maybe once every three weeks, but sometimes in twice a month. It's like uh, when you get paid in like the super month, you get paid three times. You know, twice a month with my dad might be nice. These were like the types of things that he would make me. He didn't know how to fucking cook. Now, shockingly enough, he's a very good cook. At the time, was not the best cook. He had to learn that later on. But it was the most like revolting thing, like you said, I've ever seen. And Tim is a champion of this way of eating. You actually, I just think it's there's something humble about it. I don't know. What's humble about it? Like it, you don't mix your like if you're making a tuna salad, you don't mix it together. So I do. I mix it first. I put in all the ingredients. I put in my dill relish and I put in my Dijon and my mayonnaise, and then I spice it from a distance, and then I put it in the know, microwave. Mix it all up in the bowl, and then yeah, I mean I will microwave it sometimes. Oh. I don't have a problem with that. You can eat it cold though, but if you're but you're a tuna fish salad, a tuna salad sandwich is cold. A tuna melt is hot, and so to make it hot, yeah, I, I pop sandwiches like that in the microwave for 20, 30 seconds. It's quicker. It's easier. You don't have to dirty a pan and turn the oven on or stove. Sorry, wait forever for it to heat up, and then put it on there, and then wash it when you're done. You fire it in the microwave for twenty seconds. Bing, bang, boom. It's done. It's convenient. And again, that's how a lot of people eat. It's there's something humble about it, nice about it. I'm not one to look down my nose at the way the common person lives, and I like that. There's nothing common about eating this way, Tim. You can look down on it because you, you, you know, but exactly, apparently, yeah, he's a multi multi millionaire. It's very clear that someone cooks for him, he doesn't do his own cooking, probably, but he seems to enjoy it. He makes more money than we could ever dream of having, and this is how he wants to live. In part because there's something humble. There's nothing humble about it. It is like the grossest thing in the world. You are disrespecting. You are disrespecting your taste buds if you eat like this. Yeah, honestly, bread bread should never be microwaved. Exactly. Everyone knows this. I mean, I've I've microwaved bagels before. Ew. That's definitely a lot of people do that. They're a little hard. Bagel with cheese. Like was your was your toaster like you can't. No, no, but bagel is really hard. You're supposed to microwave it before you toast it. Bagels, they, they're fine. It, it works. But, like, enriched white bread microwave, like, that's just getting straight up soggy. It's disgusting. I so mean, ideally, I... ideally not microwaving the bagels as well, but sometimes you just want to have a quick meal. It's not, it, it could be a lot worse. Enriched white bread with tuna on it, absolutely disgusting. Oh. Oh, and, and a cheese like, and a I'm, cheese slice. <laughs> no, well, it's medium cheddar. Like, it's a, like, a, it's not a, like, a, it's not like craft singles. Ugh. I support this. 
I, I, I'm sure you do. You're no, you're one of the things you're known for is having the worst taste buds in the history of time. No, I'm just not like a super elite bougie over here who has to have so everything you, put. So, their so, fancy so, what, press. so, 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 well, what? It's, what not you, tennis, oh, it's not a tuna melt if it's not on a panini press. No one has said that. Uh, we have said that it's disgusting to throw your tuna melt into a fucking microwave. So anything, uh, so anything above putting it in the microwave to you is bougie. I think it's no. If you fried it on the stove in a regular frying pan, that would be fine too. Uh, or what, if you, fi- what if you put it in the oven? What if you put it in a toaster oven? I don't know that you really could put it in a toaster, at least not a toaster oven with a rotating uh, grill. Uh, I guess you could put it in one that doesn't rotate. You could do that too. I guess that would be fine. But I'm just saying microwave is the fastest. It's the plus EV move. because you It's have not the plus EV move. It's the possible lowest move you could do. No, I, I endorse it. It has my support. Paul? Sorry, please explain this rotating oven, toaster oven thing that you kind of just know, lost like over the there. That... I don't know. I was, I was yeah, like, I don't you know, know what you're talking about either. You know, like at Tim Hortons when they like put your bagel in the machine and you it, like, you, you mean the, that is not you mean like the toaster, the toaster oven that you would see at like a low rent Holiday Inn in the Continental Breakfast section? Yeah, that's that's what I'm talking about. Like, Who the fuck be- has those in their house? Somebody must. Who? Tell me the person. Pe- wealthy people. Well, people who do a lot so of you cooking. you think that wealthy people have the Bush League toaster oven where you put in like a slice of toast and then it takes like three minutes to go all the way down. Then you have to take it out and flip it over to watch it come down the ramp again. And then it's not even toasted all the way. That's what, that's how you think wealthy people live. The conveyor well, belt but toaster? Yeah, I do. We no. just watched a wealthy, quote unquote, wealthy person put a tuna melt in the microwave, Tim. That's how he likes it, okay? No, he and I like, I like, he wouldn't have done it for kicks. He's doing it for that for that clout. He thinks he's dug the pub, clicks. but he's not good enough. No, I again, this just shows the disconnect that you people have from the real world. And this is why I sort of like anchor the show in reality. This is how the common man lives. The common divorced dad who can't afford to pay his child support payments? Maybe. You're right. Again, like, this just, is it. This is how like deadbeats live. No. Just because you think that doesn't make it true. Well, put it this way: the only people that I know that eat like that are you. So, and you're about as deadbeaty as it gets. I'm not a deadbeat. What you're are you kind, talking about? You're a bit of a deadbeat, especially when it comes to cooking and paying your I child like, support payments. I like efficient <laughs> cooked meals. The microwave is there for efficiency. Microwave cookery is up in this quarantine moment. I'm sure because people don't know how to cook like you. Well, there's a lot of us who prefer to cook uh, that way. Jeff, have you ever met anyone that prefers microwave cooking? No. Besides Tim and the Weber Cooks guy. I didn't say prefer. You I did. Said you, I just said, you just said preferred. I said I like things that way. It doesn't mean it's the best way. Obviously, it's something in a cast iron frying pan that's been put in the oven would be better. But, you know, not everybody is Marie Antoinette and has all this time. Some of us have things okay. to do. Okay. So if, go through the rundown of your day, please, during this quarantine. Um, don't have time to make a decent meal for yourself, one that takes maybe 10 minutes. So explain to me where all this time is going. You know what? I don't need to defend myself, and I'm not going to. Because you can't. I don't have to. Suffice it to say, a lot of people are home looking after family members, looking after children, are busy, who have things to do, who haven't got time to swan around their kitchen and use all their fancy upscale appliances well, that they see. got. Let's see, Tim. I mean, out of, out of that situation that you just described, uh, you know, taking care of their kids full-time, working full-time. Out of all the people in that scenario, which one of us is that? 
I am speaking for the people. So, I, the, no. so you're, you're speaking for the people, but the only person that you know of us that's doing that is me and Jeff. I'm, I'm Do I have time? The- I use my cast iron every day. It's great. I look forward to cooking. Oh, yeah. We made some ca- – oh, yeah. Cast iron cooking is – peaking up yeah, you, it is you, you, getting barbecue season but uh yeah i made some cast iron burgers last night yeah you, you think you think that people at home want to be fucking microwaving food for their fucking children you kidding me did you have some cast iron mcdoubles with one slice of cheese jeff <laughs> like, a cra- like a crazy person listen you might disagree with this take tim i am just in for the uh even though there's value in getting the mcdouble i, I just like the normal cheeseburger that is crazy. I don't agree with that. If you want to make this video of this guy even funnier, all you need to do is put the sad music underneath of it. Then it really sells itself. Wildcats, I'm the governor of Virginia. Hello, Wildcats. This is Weaver Cooks. And today we're doing uh, chili cheese nachos. The junior, uh, senior senator from Virginia. Senior is right. Good God. Imagine voting for this person. If this is his idea on food, imagine his ideas on everything else. I'm deeply offended that he didn't even drain the water. I, that seems to be the biggest like, problem that's, about that's, this. That's, you put like wet tuna onto it. That's a red flag. A big time. It's red chicken of the sea. The mayonnaise will absorb it. The bread's oh, gonna absorb so that gross, gross tuna water, man. So what? It's all gonna be eaten anyway. Oh my god. You're a sick my, person. I support this. I it know you do. This is why you're a sick person. No, just again, anyone who lives a life that isn't exactly in conformity to the strict rules you've created for yourself uh, doesn't live a normal life. And in fact, you're maybe doing things that are kind of fringy that you don't even realize that the average person is living this way. I'll tell you what the average person is not doing that I am doing. I am sous vide my eggs and putting them in the fridge. You're right. The average person is not doing that. (laughs) uh, Yeah, I agree with that. That's something that I'm doing because it's delicious and everyone should be doing it, but they're not doing it. It's a great way to cook all your eggs, especially if they're going to expire, because then you can put them in either the freezer or the fridge. And it's what is Jeff doing back there? I don't know. The, the my wife's vacuuming. I gotta I gotta put an end to that. It yeah. also depends what you want to do with your eggs. Like if you want Sorry. them hard boiled or whatever, then yeah, that that method would be fine. But it, you know, you have no you still have no idea what sous vide is, do you? I do. You're using water to help boil and uh, and keep the temperature uniform. Yeah, in a sealed pouch. You can. You're, yes. You can't make scrambled eggs or poached eggs with a with a sous vide. 
Oh, you can Sorry. actually you can actually cook them sous vide wise, and then take them out them. And, and and then scramble them up. That's actually quite delicious. It's not the want. same thing, and the, like no chef would say that's the best. No, there is no chef on earth when they prepare their best scrambled eggs anywhere ever who uses a sous vide. That tells you all you need to know. I don't know about that. It just it would not be efficient. To do I have it watched way. a lot of cooking videos over. How, the last how do you month. watch? I mean, how do you watch cooking videos and then say you should put your fucking sandwich in a microwave? I so you have no time. Multiple. You have no time to cook. Yet you're sitting down and watching cooking videos. Sometimes at night before I go to bed, I like to watch like Gordon Ramsay cooking videos. I mean, I hate to break it to you, man. Like Gordon Ramsay, well, a celebrity chef is not known as like a great chef. I don't care. Again, what what a elite thing to say. That is, you're the one fucking watching cooking videos on the internet, and you still can't he even follow me them. Things does I he learn things from them? What do yeah, you what, what, what do you learn? Did you learn how to use a, how to make, Did you learn how to put pepper, the peppercorns, into your pepper shaker? I learned how to make scrambled eggs the way he makes them. I learned how to make a steak the way he makes them. I learned how to make all kinds. There's other things I'd like to try. Okay, that, so, that he's okay. Made. Let me ask you this then: If you're so eating of the people, uh, does he cook his steaks in, let's say, I don't know, a cast iron pan? No, he does sometimes just use a regular pan. Are you sure? Yeah, because it doesn't go in the oven. So you wouldn't. He's using a pan on like, but he's using an open flame grill. I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, like a propane style uh, oven. Yeah. Yeah. So if you do that on an electric stove, that's not going to be the same. Correct. But I don't have a, a, you know, I don't have a propane stove. You know, you got to use what you got. You have a barbecue. I don't know how to start that. Oh my god. <laughs> I know how to turn it off. I know how to turn you know how the. To... <laughs> I know how to turn the wheel to get the propane on and off. But I'm like terror, like the ignition button doesn't work, and I just am too freaked to put a lighter in there to get it started. Like freaked, I'm afraid it's gonna like blow up on me. So I get someone to do it for me, and then I can do the like I can do the flipping and the barbecuing and whatever, and the you know wearing the apron stuff and all the things that go into barbecuing, and I can turn it off by. Who do you, do you really think do one of the main parts of barbecuing is putting on a fucking apron? That's all part of the experience. I would say number one part of the experience: learn how to fucking turn it on. So I don't know how, but this has been established that I don't know how. I, I actually did not know that about you. It gets me nervous and anxious, and I just don't like to do it. What gets you more nervous, turning on a barbecue or downloading an app on your phone? Both. They cause me intense anxiety. Not just my, my phone, my computer more than my phone. So you don't download anything onto your computer? Very little. Very, 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 very little. I don't like the downloading. It scares me. Is Jeff still even on the line? Yeah, I'm here. I came back for uh, I heard I heard most of that. Can you turn My on a bourgeois barbecue? Uh, HVAC system? Sorry. Ah, uh, what about your bougie barbecue one one that has an ignition that works that you can turn on? I love. Oh yeah, Tim. I don't know how. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm not going to stand here and like make arguments one way or the other. Just, I don't know how, and I get scared. You think your one match is going to, like, blow up it's, your house? And I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. You're saying it's you like, don't know how, but you, it sounds like you do know how. You're just scared <laughs> to do it. I'm not sure where to even put the rolled up piece of paper that you set on fire in. <laughs> just get in there with a barbecue been, lighter. Just, you, you just went on about how at work. nighttime you're watching cooking videos of stuff that you don't even have the right stuff to use in order to cook it. Why don't you, yeah, but it's why, like the why, other night? why don't you just YouTube? Ha, I'm a moron. How do I start a barbecue? No, but like the other night he was making this thing called a semi Fredo for dessert. That looked so good. It's like, I could make that. 
But then I was like, where do I find the ingredients? And everything's in metric, which I do find confusing. How do you find that confusing? Every every like, bit, every every you, bit, every bit of measurements that you have at home, whether it be even tablespoons or teaspoons, you can find the metric conversion on that. I know, if you but would if like. someone said to you, put that in the oven at 180 degrees for 10 minutes, you'd be like, ah, oh, what is that? What is 180? Like 425? Something like that. You'd have to look it up. And then, like, I don't know. Just anyway, I don't know where we're, this conversation's even going. I, uh, it, it went on that. You say that people don't have time to cook anything besides a microwave sandwich, and you've just went. Some people. You've just went on about how you're going and what you, you can't barbecue because you, you're too afraid to turn it on. You're watching cooking videos. Apparently, you don't have the time to convert it from metric into imperial because that's too much time. That that's too difficult to do. Like, what are you talking about? You just want to justify eating the world's worst food. I mean, I don't. I don't need to justify it. I don't feel bad. I mean, you should but feel the bad. Ar- that's the whole point. The- the average person agrees with me. Just like, oh, you'll never get even five votes for having a major league baseball hit. Well over double digits supported me. People underestimated that, it. People, people got you confused with the major league baseball player, Tim Anderson. Now, see, that's just a convenient excuse. <laughs> it's not. Me. No one. Most out to not give me my. Due. Most people even commented on that poll that you would have zero hits. The majority oh, of yes. people. Some did. Sure. But so so you're saying that your average person has an IQ of 55. What I'm saying is I got well over double digit support, which you said could never happen. Well, you know, hold on. That is not what I said. And you just said you're claiming that you speak for the average person. And then you're saying 11% of people agree with you. 13%. 13% of people agree with you. And that makes you in line with the average person. On that, this that, case, that, yes. that is the same number percentage of people basically that believe in those like go to the governor with our guns rallies. There's like one percent of people who no, it actually one in ten people agree with that. Oh, and they may, may agree with it, but they would never do it. No, but that's like the people that you're talking about here. You think that that's the average person? No, I just think the average person is a lot more humble in their existence than you want to think. And there, I don't look there's down on that, them. There's that. nothing humble for eating shitty. Most people just eat normally. That is not normal. I don't judge. You're a judger. I'm not going to I, judge. I am going to judge. And I'm mainly just judging you because I know you do this. And I'm I don't gonna... understand why. Is it because you're afraid? Wrong with it. Is it because you're afraid to turn on the oven? I'm good at turning on the oven. That's not my problem. My problem is the barbecue. It seems like you're scared of the oven too. Like I just don't understand why you would ever cook anything in the microwave. Yeah, I am re- afraid of putting things on the oven that get flambéed. I will uh, stove. I will say that I've seen a lot of these recipes where he like puts wine or whatever in there, and then like a fireball comes out. That would petrify me. So you're not even using these rep- recipes. To, so it's like fantasy cooking for you. Basically, there's just things that I, uh, I like. I wish I could cook that. You're watching that a video good. on how to cook it. Yeah, but like I also know I can't, but I'd like to, but I'd just I don't know. I can't even describe why. Just there's I, I just feel happy watching him like cook a beef wellington. They're like, oh that's cool. So, I don't know. So it makes you happy to watch someone cook a beef wellington because it looks delicious. And you're saying, you know what's good for me? Microwave cheese slices. Well, I'm not <laughs> microwave cheese slices. <laughs> Like it's the di- it's the difference because it's just a time thing. Like Jeff, are you still here? Absolutely. You're kind of far away from the mic as I can hear. So sure. he's got things to do. Okay, he's microwaving stuff. I'm here. I'm here. So it, I I feel like this is the difference between like if you're to make nachos at home, that 
I'm guessing that most people, by and large, the best way to make, I mean, not the best way, the way that you make nachos at home would be put your nachos on like a cooking sheet and then you put on some, like, you can either grate the rice or the grate the rice, the cheese yourself, buy it prepackaged, whatever, put that on, put your vegetables on, whatever you like, make sure there's a nice even distribution, you put it in. Tim seems to be like the type where he would just put like not even like the good like restaurant style nachos that are big. Like you would just buy those specially because you know that you're having nachos. He buy those like shitty ones that people put out at awful parties, like the really thin circle type ones. Put those in a bowl, put some like sliced cheese on top of them and put them in the microwave. I feel, oh, like, that, I feel uh, like that's uh. the discount. Tim, is that how you make nachos? Absolutely not. I buy the scoops and I individually dress each one. Okay, Really? <laughs> That's how I think nachos ought to be done, individually dressed. And yeah, I like the scoops because everything stays in the thing and it stands up really well in the oven. Everything goes in the scoop and I bake it and it's cooked and finished. That absolutely blows my mind. And it's a far more efficient use of resources. People who don't individually dress them usually are just being lazy. Are you feeding yourself or a group of people? Either or. Doesn't matter. That's the way I like to make them. See, but you would cook a sandwich in the microwave, but you wouldn't go the low route of... It, it, it just blows my mind because you love you. We've already established that you love cheese slices and microwave. I, cheese slices. I like real cheese slices. I don't care for the craft singles. What are the real cheese slices? You know, you can go to the grocery store and get like the sliced black diamond actual cheese slices. It's still pretty low, man. Then why would no, you get a double not, cheeseburger not, instead of uh, if you don't like uh, uh, craft oh, singles, uh, McDonald's then cheese why? is delicious. But isn't it the same thing? basically? No, it's not, though. It craft doesn't have that like plasticky no? taste. Uh, oh, yeah. The double cheeseburger McDonald's is so much better than McDouble. You people are nuts not to buy one. But you don't like Kraft Singles. I'm so confused. They're not Kraft Singles. They're like, they are a cheddar. I don't know how to describe it. It's like a different thing. They're pro- it's a processed slice it's of processed, McDonald's cheese. but it's cheese. like extra tasty. I don't know why. <laughs> Jeff, what are you having for dinner tonight, do you think? Uh, that's a great question. I don't, I don't know. What, what's your what's your what's your last supper here before the draft? <laughs> I'll probably have to do something good because I really let my wife down yesterday. Um, I'm not sure. And tomorrow it will feel like a playoff game where I will not be hungry. My stomach will eat its own stomach bile. So you might just order something after the pick is made. Yeah, I'll, I'll get hungry either like happy hungry or sad hungry after. Um, after the pick but yeah tonight we're probably gonna eat good yeah we're probably gonna eat good i don't know take out somewhere yummy i keep trying to order from the mexican place that i want to but i think it might be shut down it keeps saying okay i try it keeps saying it's gonna open tomorrow and open tomorrow but i check back tomorrow always and it's still closed i think that i want to say because yesterday when i inquired to you if you were home because i need to come by and pick something up the purpose was I would might have been in that neighborhood, and I also wanted to get Mexican food, and it probably was the same place, and it was closed. No, it, it's not. Uh, you mean the no. place that I, I know what place you're talking about near me? I almost went to that. That place is so expensive. <laughs> yes, uh, I used to live a couple blocks from it, so haven't had it in forever. My wife really, really misses it, and I kind of owe her what she wants. You guys so. talking Asador? No, it's uh, La, La Cienda. There's like two of them right on oh, the Oh, no, something like uh, Playa Cabana was the one I was talking yeah. about. Yeah, okay, no, sorry. So the one at the very end of the street that I live on. Yeah. Yeah. No, the place is really good. I went there for New Year's once. I like Mexican. Do you? You like Taco Bell. Well, yes, but you can Live like Moss. Taco Bell. 
I like Taco Bell. Yes, I do. But a lot of people like Taco Bell. Like, have you ever actually had Mexican food? Yes, of course. Have you? Besides, oh, ta- besides Taco Bell? No, when I went to gra- when, I, when I was in grad school, there was a Mexican restaurant not too too far away that we went to a couple of times. And they had this obnoxious thing where they would put a Corona beer in a big margarita, which I did not care for. But that was one of their things that they did. So this was a chain restaurant you went to for Mexico? No, I don't think I've ever seen another one like it. I think it's an independent restaurant. I just, I didn't care for it. That Senior much. Frogs. What was it called? What What was it called? I, you know what? I'm going to have to look that up. We only went a couple of times because I didn't particularly like it. I prefer to go to, you know, a regular brew pub. Chili's. Or Chili's when I could go to Chili's. Yes, like go to normal <laughs> places instead of like this all elite stuff. They put oh. too much cilantro in so, their so, food, so, by the way. So you, and I don't you, like cilantro. It tastes like soap. So do you think that any restaurant that isn't a chain is elite? So anything that sells like a national food or some sort of no, ethnic no, food is not. an elite? You a hole so, in the wall barbecue place and you're not elite. No, no, no. Of course not. But that's not what you just said. You said you wanted to go but, to a place that wasn't elite. Yeah, but you can be an independent restaurateur and not be an elite. So like totally. you would hate Toronto because you'd hate like a restaurant that only has like six tables. Like that's way too bougie for you. It's not the type of place I would usually go, put it that way. You're more looking for like family dining, like chilies. Yeah. Is there a salad bu- buffet bar? That's what I'm Stop looking for. Stop it. That's what I like. Stop. There was a place not far from where I grew up that used to have a all you could eat salad bar. And what it was, it a, oh my God, you're not talking about Ponderosa, are you? I am. I loved Ponderosa. <laughs> they had all the best stuff. They had this banana slice in strawberry sauce that i really loved and they had all the goldfish you wanted you could add to, i anyway goldfish they had, they had the goldfish like what the, the crackers, fuck is going like the on they had like then you can make like a regular salad and they had always had lots and lots of raisins that you could put in and like crumbled blue cheese and like a bunch of different dressings and they had like jello yo golden had, like, corral fucking chill over there bro sort of sort of like that i Gross. used to love that place so much ponderosa i'm trying to think of it's, it's like gone a, for years it's like a, it was like a one out of ten outback steakhouse it's like Olive Garden, right? Yeah, but but it's oh, like yeah, the, the steaks, yeah, but, the yeah, but, it, not good. but it's like the really, 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 really like homeless version of that. It's like yeah, a home, steaks, it's like a it's good. like a homeless man's oval uh, uh, Olive Garden. All you can eat buffets are not going to survive uh, this. By the way, this is a real concern. That shouldn't <laughs> be. It's kind of it's probably time to move on. Oh, they'll be. I mean, that maybe around here. Canada, maybe it will be gone. All-you-can-eat buffets will be a thing in the States, for sure. It'll have to be. The Vegas hotels need them. That's not exactly what we're talking about, Tim. Well, that isn't all-you-can-eat buffet. Obviously, you need the cheap yeah, ones, yes, too. Th- right? th- thank you, Tim. In Vegas, at hotels, when they are comping you meals. Yes, you're correct. Sorry about that. I like all-you-can-eat buffets. We've, we've been through this many times. I, I, I like them. And I'll miss them if they're gone. Well, that was... Gripping insight to how to give yourself a heart attack with Tim Andergust. Tim Andergust. That is not my name. And yeah, of course, you know, you go to one buffet once, you're going to give yourself a heart attack. One of the most ridiculous things I see on Twitter. People are like, oh, you like a candy bar? Be careful, you're going to get sick with this disease. Or, oh, you like this thing? Oh, you're going to get heart. It's like people have nothing better to do than be officious busybodies and you know just plug tim, at you tim how many diet like how many diet cokes do you drink a day what does that matter 
Because this is what we're talking about, because you can't do things in moderation. So if, if, you, were, if you have something bad for you, we know you're going to quintuple down on it. And then you're never going to like, stop. If one person tweets out, just random, like, oh, you know, I really, I don't know what, what the buzz is. I really like a regular Coca-Cola. How many people tweet at them and go, oh, well, you're going to get diabetes. Like, that's so stupid. What's Dude, wrong with you people? I, I've, I've never seen anyone do this. Jeff, have you? It happens all the time. Does it? I see it. Where? Uh, where, where, where do you see it? On Twitter. Where? Just on Twitter. Give me one, give me one example of you actually seeing this. Is like when I, I don't think Tim is, is wrong. This is but no. This, he's this also is exactly his own truth. Th- he's definitely living his own truth. This is like when he says that people slide into his DMs to tell him how good his takes are, and we ask him to take a screenshot of it and send it to us to prove that this is true. Well, I don't want to do that. I don't need to do. That. No, because I won't reveal their conf. They're, they're they're saying this to me in confidence because they're not comfortable. Yeah, you're fucking on- lying. They're not comfortable on being pilloried by the likes of you on Twitter when someone says they agree with me. You are lying. Just just claim that you're a liar. I will. That's all. That's all you need to do. I'll protect my sources and say no. No, you're just lying. What's it like to be a liar? Is this why you think you're a man of the people? Because you lie like people do. A tribune of the people, like in ancient Rome. Just because the tribune wasn't of the people didn't mean he wasn't for the people. You're not for the people. You're you're for giving them shitty food and not knowing how to turn on a barbecue. I'm here to not judge them. You're getting judged by me, pal. And Jeff. Yeah. And Paul. I'm, and I'm you know what? All the viewers of this show. Sure. Whatever. Go ahead. Judge me. You're like those losers who want to wear you know, hoodies on a golf course. Like, go ahead. Be that person. A hoodie on a golf course would be great. No, I'm, I'm morally opposed to it. Yeah, you're also you know, the sh- Ralph Lauren collection put those out last year. And once Billy Horschel did it, I said, I'm allowed. Tim is also like that guy who's a shitty golfer who wears pants when it's hot out. Like he thinks he's a fucking professional. And a fedora. Yeah. Like just and two gloves. <laughs> so fashion tips from Tim. Jeff, thanks for being here. Good luck in the next day. Don't have a heart attack. Yeah, listen, as I will say for the third time today, the result can't be worse than the anticipation. Or maybe it can, because you'll ridicule me so hard if St. Hubert's my quarterback. Sandy Bear. Do people even know what that is? No, it's an, no, it's, it's just like a low-rung chicken. It's actually really good. French it's fry like, joint with like good, good dipping version. sauce. The good version of Swiss Chalet is how I'd put it. It's fine. Pat. Yeah? I probably should have saved this for earlier. But what do you like? What what quarterback prospects? And it's kind of unfair to say like Mahomes and, and Watson, but like what quarterbacks do like you like in this draft? That have like come out in the draft. Outside of Burrow, like I don't know if any of them are like superstars, to tell you the truth. I mean like recently, like in the last couple years. Because I don't think, like, unless someone is proven to be great, which is fair, you, you don't have a team, like, you don't need to pick a side until someone proves they're awesome. Like, who do you, like, like, they're, like, are excited about or their upside? Hmm. I mean, outside of Watson and Mahomes, who we know are really good? Yeah, well, Watson, Mahomes, and Jackson are kind of unfair. They've kind of proven themselves to Same. have been great. And we know it's not Darnold. Um I, I think it depends on what you want. Like Baker could flame out of the league, but Baker probably still has the high. It's probably, you know, what? it's Kyler Murray is the answer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kyler, Kyler Murray is incredibly compliment- good. Yeah. Yeah. And you've been complimentary of him 
even when people were sort of like, there's not much there. So yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, for sure. But like Baker could still go up like 20 levels or he could be like out of the NFL in a year and a half. Like he's just a very curious case. What about Josh Allen? Josh Allen is what he is. Like, I think that they have done a very good job, almost like how it's a lesser version of it, but like how the Ravens have constructed an offense for Lamar Jackson. I think the bills have done a really good job of constructing an offense where Josh Allen can excel. Like they play to his strengths. Most people would say the the current pro comp of Herbert would be Josh Allen. But that's only based off like one game, the last game that we saw yeah, Herbert play where it's he's true. tall and he's running around. Like, yeah. no, no, people didn't realize that Josh Allen would be this sort of runner in the NFL. But obviously the Bills did. Or he just started doing it in games because he didn't want to throw picks every pass. So then you just construct an offense around that. I mean, there's also like a, a durability thing that Josh, he got hurt in that one game against the Patriots when he took the headshot. But other than that, like he takes a bunch of hits. He knows how to take hits. He slides yeah. like Herbert's a bit more gangly. I don't know if he's as tough as Josh Allen. He probably isn't. He's probably not going to look for the contact, but he's probably also not going to try to lateral it like, uh, but True. yeah, jo- you hope Josh Allen can gain some points on his accuracy and, and gain a couple points on just feeling the situational awareness. And you feel like those will come. You watch out for Stidham. How could that go wrong? <laughs> How mad are you going to be if Stidham is awesome? Irate. Aren't <laughs> we still chair. thinking it's Andy Dalton? No, I don't. Mm-hmm. I think this, outside of a drafted QB, the QBs who are right now basically the starters are going to be the starters. Like, Jameis is not starting for anybody next year. Newton's not starting for anybody next year. Pretty much we are where we are, I think, outside of guys who might get drafted. I think that's it. Short injury. I think it would be insane for any, like, even fringe contender to see Jameis or Cam out there and start, like, whatever loser quarterback they have. That's just Okay, nuts. but I just think... Like, like, if you're the Chargers and those guys are available and you run Tyrod out there, that's insane. I think they've kind of made Agreed. their choice. Agreed. But I don't think you want Cam Newton around your first, like if they draft a quarterback, I don't think you want Cam around them. Maybe so. Maybe you don't want him to have to go in and compete with that. But that's why I think both Jameis and Cam aren't signed at this point. Yes. Yes. All right. That'll do it. Secret wicked landing spot, San Francisco for either of them. Jameis or Cam? Yeah. With Kyle Shanahan and. I I think Pittsburgh is a really interesting destination for either of them too, as the backup to Ben. Agreed. Sure. But again, backup. Backup as then you become their apparent. Sure. Yeah. Like you're you're basically assigned to learn the offense, knowing that Ben could A be washed, B be out of shape, or just get hurt again. And then I could see Winston doing that. I don't think Newton as a former MVP would be able to tolerate that. I it depends on his health. Like if he's completely healthy, teams would be like legit crazy not to make him the starter. No. Ben Ben has a two interception game. They're gonna be like wanting Cam to start too. Maybe. Nah, they're very loyal. They're very loyal. That guy won a multiple Super Bowls. They're very loyal there. All right. That'll do it. Pat Mayo experience. We'll be back later in the week or maybe early next week to either talk about this or Tim's favorite new thing, the Outlaw Tour. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. So excited. Hopefully the uh, the periscope man instead of the cameraman uh, you know, can stay sober on a Tuesday afternoon. I mean, you want to talk about common people problems, Tim. Staying sober on a Tuesday afternoon is like a real thing now. Eh, perhaps. But so I only drink. Up, I only have one WC a day, so I wouldn't know. Jeff, have you heard of this? Tell me, please. Tim is Tim is now flipped on White Claw, and he's having one a day. WC. 
How can, how can you not even call it like if you're gonna use like a terrible abbreviation? How do you, how do you not use the dub C? No, W C. Ruby Is it this white claw like the antithesis of everything you are? Like yeah. you rail so hard on things you've never experienced. Absolutely. And then you experience that other people tell you that normal humans say these are good that you like. And then all of a sudden you try it. You're like, oh, I just talked out of my ass. It really is good. I plead guilty to all of those charges. Hi, Lily. Sorry, there's a human cat beside me. That's oh, I, okay. I, I, thought, I thought it was Lily. <laughs> That's okay. But anyway, yes, it may be the antithesis of everything, but they're delicious, and I would be doing the disservice to the people not to tell them when I'm wrong. So, Tim, you're all in on White Claw. Very millennial it's del- of you. It's delicious. It's refreshing. Very it doesn't mo- even taste like drinking. Very millennial and soccer mommy of you. I, I listen, I hate that You should get like a Karen haircut. <laughs> I hate that I like it, but I like it. You know what? I'm kind of with Tim. They just go down easy. You think you're drinking like iced water with a zest of like a lime. A hundred percent. Go down. Hey, listen, I hate myself for it, but I love it. Jeff, we were on Team White Claw when Tim was like railing against it. It's fine. Like, you don't want to drink like ten of them. It's a bit too sugary for that. But yeah, I don't want to like admit oh. to being like if I like can a have White Claw an- hardo either. If I'm able to have my annual Canada Day bash. White Claw will be the center, central figure of my day. You're going to buy White Claws for everyone? Well, at least for myself, and I'm, I'm sure I'll have a cooler full of them. White Claws to the left of them. White Claws to the right. All right. That will do it on the Pat Mayo Experience. Get your draft bets in now. If you want to get into a draft for 20 DK bucks, smash the like button to the video. Leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section. Tell me your favorite prop bet for the first round of the NFL draft. If you want to get into the draw for $100 DraftKings dollars, subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. Leave a five-star review, DraftKings handle, and something you enjoy about this show. Maybe not this show in particular, just the Pat Mayo Experience in general, and you'll be in that draw for 100 DK bucks. Thank you all for watching. Tune in to DraftKings Facebook, DK Live app, or the DraftKings YouTube channel. Thursday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. I'll be live with the DK Live crew going over the free game that they have coming up. So I suggest you all go play in that to get some bucks on the board, too. Pat Mayo, thanks for watching. I'll see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.